0: Hi there, I'm Daisy Torme. You might not have seen me, but you've certainly heard me from everything from
1: Westworld to Superman and Lois to the good old days of the West Wing and ER and House of Cards and goodness knows what else. How to Train Your Dragon. I'm here with Craig. We're going to do a little Kneel Before Pod. Here we go. Kneel Before Blog presents Kneel Before Pod.
0: Sorry, forgot what universe I'm in. Try again. Hello and welcome to Neil Before Pod, the podcast that mistakenly thought it could power itself by flying into the sun. I'm your host Craig and we're here to discuss the second season of Superman and Lois. Joining me for this discussion is my co-kryptonian, Chris. Hello. You've forgotten what universe we're in, you need to speak in ways that oh, people can yeah. understand hello i've been promoted to co kryptonian co kryptonian it's almost alliteration but kryptonian doesn't begin with a call c C. it's whatever the word for sound alliteration is i should know <laughs> it but i don't we tried to fly into the sun thinking it would power up the podcast but it didn't but we're in the middle of a heat wave so it might be our fault although by the time this podcast goes out by the time i get the edit done We might be in the middle of an ice age. Who knows for the world these days?
1: Yeah, it's a heatwave in Scotland, so you're being spoken to by two puddles. (laughs) Yes, 30 degrees in Scotland
0: is not nice. We're not built for it. People aren't even going outside. (laughs) Should have just been a heatwave during COVID, and then nobody would have went outside by choice. Mm. But anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss. We're not to discuss the climate... Of any sort, we're here to discuss Superman and Lois Season 2. That was a thing that happened. It was 15 episodes of television. And what did you think of those 15 episodes of television, without spoiling?
1: Without spoiling, I thought it was an alright season. It didn't engage me as much as Season 1. I think some of the flashy stuff that I quite liked in Season 1 was gone this season, or definitely diminished. It might be some of that early Season 1 money was leaking in so you get into season two and they've not got as much to splash around but i still thought they did a good job of what they had i think the main villain plot was a bit muddy and a bit mixed but i think some of the family stuff and the smallville stuff worked pretty well
0: i would largely agree i really like the character stuff although there were some character stories that i'm still wondering why they were there we'll get to that Obviously, later on, once we're spoiling everything, we'll discuss the things that maybe didn't work. I think this season struggled to do what the first season did so well with all the plate spinning. The first season was really good at it. It can be a teen drama. It's a parental drama. It's a superhero show. It's all these different little things that it's trying to do all at once, and it manages to do most of them. Although I think we concluded last season that The Superman stuff was the weakest element. Everything else was much stronger, so it's a bit imbalanced in that way. And I think this season's probably imbalanced in a different way, but it was still interesting. It's still good to see these characters, and it's still fun to spend some time with them, I suppose, and enjoy what there is to give. And we're going to get more of it. We're getting a third season, at the very least. Good. Good to see more Superman and Lois and the kids
1: and everyone else.
0: So shall we just launch into the spoilers?
1: Yes, let's launch into it via our tunnel in the mines.
0: Yeah, we'll punch our way through the mines and end up in a weird square world, perhaps. Maybe that's a spoiler? I don't know. (laughs) Too late now, it's done. Captain Luthor, I'm ready to do Neil before pod. Let's start with one of our title characters, Clark. Well, Superman. They're the same person, didn't you know? Some people didn't know. That's kind of what some of the season's about. Hmm. One of the major things we started with was his relationship with the military has changed a bit since Sam retired, He now has to deal with Anderson, who doesn't like him very much. Or he goes from being a big fan of Superman to not liking him very much in a very short space of time. I found that plot interesting, but also painfully underdeveloped. Because... There's a proper arc there. You could spend a good five episodes just exploring this. This is what Superman does, and this is what Sam let him get away with, and this is what Sam, knowing his secret, afforded him. That's why he made allowances. And Anderson had bits and pieces of what he was doing where he didn't understand where Superman was coming from or didn't understand where he was going and all that stuff. He also thought of Superman differently. He thought of him as an American military asset. Where Superman thinks of himself as a global hero who just helps out the US military when it suits him. So they were on completely different wavelengths when it came to what the partnership was. And I find that interesting in concept, but I think in execution, it left a lot to be desired.
1: Yeah, I really agree with you with that. I thought it was interesting because you're going with Sam, who knows his secret, knows exactly who Clark is... Like you say, can make those allowances, has worked with him for a long time, so gets how he's going to react to different things, doesn't treat him like military personnel. V. Anderson, who wants everything by the book i think the best example that they did was rescuing the north korean sub and he's like well why didn't you put it on u.s soil because <laughs> it's not ours could you not have just at least put it on u.s soil it was kind of the line or you should have let it sink and you there going you don't get superman do you you don't understand what he's out there to do i thought that was interesting and like you say that could have been quite a few episodes arc that could have been a season arc To be honest, you could have got away with doing that. Considering this show focuses a lot on the family drama to melodrama at certain points, it could have been as simple as Superman's relationship with the military going south and it escalating to a certain proportion. But it was kind of over and done with within a few episodes or every once in a while they would suddenly remember, oh yeah, he's not got as good a relationship with the military anymore. And it would pick back up. They didn't follow through properly and they put sam back in charge pretty quick for a retiree to go back to pretty much (laughs) foolish statement it was a quick turnaround. it wasn't oh yeah we've replaced anderson with someone else higher up the tree or someone else in the military no no we've just got sam back there we go done
0: it was pretty clear they didn't really know what to do with sam now that he was retired because we've still got him as a main character in the show we haven't let the actor go he didn't retire because the actor was leaving he's still around but what do we do with him now and that's why you have him Standing in front of awful green screen backdrops. He's like, Yeah, I'm out fishing. And he's sitting in a boat, and there's this green screen backdrop behind him. Or he's in a forest or something like that. He's on a beach out playing golf. <laughs> Whatever it was he was doing, it was quite funny. Yeah, I'm doing that this week. I'm still getting involved in the kids and whatever. And you had him training Jordan for a bit. but That didn't really go anywhere. They didn't do much with that. We'll get to that when we talk a bit more about Jordan. The strained relationship with the military was interesting because it brings in a lot of difficult questions around what Superman represents and what he's supposed to represent. Think back to Batman v Superman. They pick up some of those issues, the idea that we've got this force for good out there that's out there doing stuff, but we have no control over him. And it's the whole, every act is a political act. So him saving a Korean submarine is a political act because if the Koreans associate him with the United States, which you could forgive them for doing because he wears the colours of the United States flag as his costume.
1: Mm.
0: So you can see why that connection is there. Plus he operates in the United States broadly. He was Metropolis's protector for a long time, etc, etc. So the association is there whether Clark likes it or not. And he says... I want to be a global force for good. I don't want to be aligned to any individual nation, but you kind of are because you're always seen there and that's where you spend most of your time. As much as this show has attempted to do the, yeah, he's off saving people around the world all the time, but he seems to hang around Smallville a lot now, which is weird. You could imagine some people (laughs) might say, he shows up there quite a lot. It's really weird. It's almost as if he has some connection to that location. It reminded me of a comic book arc where he actually renounced his US citizenship because he had to be aware of the fact that he needed to be a more global symbol rather than an American symbol. And it was more he didn't really believe in what the United States stood for at that time. He thought they'd lost their way and he couldn't be associated with it. But he doesn't define the association, like I said, because other people do. Other people can easily associate him with the place he spends most of his time. Obviously, the crew of the sub would be pretty grateful that they were saved from certain death otherwise but there is still that consideration and if you beefed up anderson's role a bit more and if you maybe had his higher-ups kind of agreeing with him because they could have played it along the lines of we used to just let sam handle this and it was fine because we never had any trouble but now we suddenly have trouble because of the way you're doing things and we've taken an interest in this and we have actually started thinking about what superman means to us and we don't really like the line of thought were going down in terms of the way he does things. So it was all there and it could have been really fascinating, but it didn't really go anywhere.
1: No, they sort of ended up using him just as a means to an end of getting part of the necklace, the bracelet thing to ally essentially (laughs) that point wasn't it it was just this is locked up in the securest facility ever well the guy with the password just went rogue oh well
0: yeah and then it was we're just going to expose him to red sun rays and incapacitate him and shove her in a cell with his half brother that seems like a good idea that seems like something that we should be able to get away with the escalation of it was a bit funny you also had anderson with his team of kids The super kids or whatever he was calling them. Yeah,
1: his squads of heroes or... Child soldiers. Child soldiers, yeah. His young people who have ended up with abilities. That was a weird little side piece. You say that now and I'm like, I forgot about them. (laughs) And I think the show forgot about them as well. Well, they all get killed in one sequence, except one of them. Yeah, they all get wiped out pretty early on. And it's a point for Clark to disagree with Anderson about, to give them an argument and anderson kind of going well we don't need you superman because i've assembled this team of apprentices who are going to do it and need no supervision whatsoever and barely any training but they're going to go out and do the things that you used to do so your services are no longer required and then it all goes wrong surprised (laughs) it seems like something that should have been in a full season i think you could have got away with more of that across an entire season of the show where Clark is trying to do something but then this assembled team of underlings comes in and fouls it up or makes the situation worse because they're inexperienced or he's constantly getting told he's not allowed to interfere in something. I would have liked to have seen more from that point of view and potentially by the end of the season you have a turning point where he's helping them out more or they see that Anderson's wrong and Superman's right. You could have done a bit more with that rather than them being an obstacle for maybe two episodes and then just all getting wiped off the table
0: yeah and then there was like i was talking about with the whole association with the u.s military or the united states in general they were wearing his symbol mm. without permission and clark was like that's my symbol so like, well it's our symbol now where's the copyright or something i don't think they ever addressed the whole copyright issue does superman have his logo copyright you wonder this in the other shows as well in central city in the flash they're selling drinks named after the flash and whatever other heroes are kicking about at the time they have permission to do it and there was a Spider-Man comic the ultimate Spider-Man comic where Fisk bought the franchise rights to Spider-Man as a brand I love that arc
1: it was brilliant you do see it in other Arrowverse shows where there'll be people wearing t-shirts with the flash symbol on or every once in a while it's like the communities behind them sign they've got the the t-shirts cheering them on or whatever at the beginning before their inevitable downfall
0: all these bootleg t-shirts apparently
1: yeah the bootleg t-shirts that people are making up So yeah, that wouldn't surprise me that someone's making unofficial Superman merch.
0: Well, they had it in the comics where Superman had sold the rights to the brand and so forth, but all the proceeds that should go to him would go to charity. That's been (laughs) in the comics and in one of the animated films as well that was mentioned. But yeah, that plot just simply peters out really. It's after the kids are killed and Anderson's discredited with the military after he's deemed responsible for the kids being killed and then he gets dishonorably discharged or whatever turns to Ali, ends up going to the other world and
1: realising the error of his ways and then that's it.
0: And then he dies. And his alternate self dies as well. Nothing to him really.
1: Fully wiped out. I'm with you, I just thought that could have been more of a season's worth of material. Considering they like to do the more grounded story or street level story that potentially would have worked better for me than some of this, but I get that they want bigger, flashier villain plots rather than Political undertones.
0: A constant question that you would be asking yourself as a writer or as a showrunner would be how do we challenge Superman in ways that are believable and ways that are interesting? One tactic is you just bring in someone else who is as strong as he is so he can fight them, which they've done over the two seasons. Season one, he fights a Kryptonian, season two, he fights himself, essentially, copy of himself. But things like, how does he manage his relationship with the military? When can he take action? When does he have permission to take action? Is he going to receive any resistance when he tries to do something? Those are very real problems. Him grappling with his place in the world as well, that's, a, again, a very real problem. And I think they've managed to find ways to challenge him as a character, as a human being, even though he's not human, he's Kryptonian, but as a person, they've found ways to challenge him in terms of he doesn't know how to parent properly because... He only decided he was going to prioritise that last year. After years of, Lois will do that, I'm just going to go off and be Superman. Now I'll be around when I'm around. Mm. And you had that bit of fracture in the father-son's relationship because Clark's not been around for quite a lot of their lives as often as he should be because he's too busy protecting the world and they don't know that. So they did have that resentment that disappears pretty early on, but it still creeps up now and again. There is still that struggle and that's a believable struggle. And again, it's something that Superman can't use Heat vision on to get out of. <laughs> so, onto the parental relationship. I think they were repeating a little bit of what they did last season in terms of from the outside, you could believe that he favours Jordan over Jonathan because they can bond over having powers, where Jonathan feels a bit left out because they don't have something to bond over in the same way. And they really ramped up the amount of time he was spending with Jordan this season as opposed to Jonathan which in turn leads to Jonathan's more questionable decisions.
1: It was interesting to see them go down that route because I think we almost credited them last season by not leaning too heavily on brotherhood jealousy. I still think they kept away from some of that, but yeah, they definitely embraced more of it this year. I was just surprised at the beginning of the season that there was a plot involving football, which had been banned in the last season, if (laughs) I remember right, and that being a whole plot. Yeah, we stopped
0: doing that, but now I'm doing it again.
1: Yeah, we were banned from doing it, but now we're doing it again. So football, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's been a discussion that's happened in the, I think they do a three month fast forward or something at the beginning of this season. So I guess that was a conversation we've not seen but yeah i found it quite funny when the football stuff recurred i'm dealing with jordan over jonathan it does make sense that he would be spending more time training him but both of them seem to feel that they don't get enough time with their dad that's the interesting thing is despite the fact that jonathan looks at Jordan and goes, oh, I'm so jealous of the amount of time that he's getting to spend with you and and focusing on you and your training. Jordan doesn't feel that he's getting enough time with Clark either. It's that balance that I was interested in seeing because... You can never argue that Clark is wrong in his priorities because you're almost asking him, no, 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 let the submarine sink. It's time for football practice with dad. You can't do that. You can't turn around and tell him that. So it's that interesting bit. He's a character where you can't turn around and say, oh, well, you're not prioritising the right thing or how do you prioritise the right thing? He's always going to be caught out on that.
0: Yeah. And the allegory is an absent parent that's focused too much on work Mm. and the kid's Don't have a strong relationship with him as a result, but it becomes less of a relevant allegory when the work he's doing is Superman. It's not that he's off in the office all day. Yeah,
1: he's spending time on conference calls and trying to meet that deadline for his hardline boss who's shaking his fist at him through the window. It's not that, it's he's saving hundreds of thousands of lives. He's fixing dams and putting out wildfires and all sorts
0: I could go and put out this forest fire, but I promised Jonathan I would play PlayStation with him.
1: Yeah, we're going to help the boys with their homework. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it's not quite the same thing. And that's part of the problem, though. The idea that we're annoyed about this, but we know we shouldn't and can't really be annoyed about this. Because to demand his time that he could be spending saving lives would be a selfish and arguably making you an accessory to disaster or destruction or whatever the problem is. So it makes you selfish to think that, but it's also not selfish to want to spend time with your dad. Mm. That's something that is difficult, but I think they funnel it through the whole approach to the secret, the big secret that Clark forces everyone in his life that knows it to keep in a way. Lois has fully bought into it, or at least she has at the beginning of the season, but Jonathan and Jordan haven't because they only learned it last year. So they don't fully appreciate the implications of it or they struggle with the impact it has on their lives because they're young and it's throwing up barriers to certain things with them so it's difficult for them to understand but i really like how they on several occasions managed to interrogate the approach to the secret because clark's approach has always been we have to keep this well why Because we have to keep this. It's dangerous for it to get out. It puts people in danger by knowing that they're associated with Superman, etc. It's the same argument you get with any superhero that keeps a secret identity. Mm. If my enemies found out who I really was, those that I love would be in danger. And that's a valid thing. But we have a show here where everyone's close to Superman is routinely in danger anyway. So is it as big a problem as... Has it made out to be or has it changed in some way in Supergirl? I know you haven't seen the final episodes yet, mm. but in Supergirl, they do this approach at the end. It's the secret did work for you at some point, but now it no longer serves you and you have to reevaluate what that means for you. That's what they're starting to do here in this show because Jonathan and Jordan are pushing back on it. OK, we get it. You're Superman. You don't want people knowing that. But do you understand the impact this is having on our lives? And it shows up as... Something a bit impetuous from Jordan where he says, I want to tell Sarah the truth because I want to marry her. We started going out three months ago and she's already cheated on me once, but (laughs) I think this is forever. And Clark's like, let's revisit this in a year. See how you feel then. And then they break up like two weeks later or something like that, a couple episodes later. So Clark's like, God, so glad that we didn't tell her everything. That would have been complicated. (laughs) So you get that impetuous side of it. But that makes sense as a teenage reaction. It's first relationship. We know that Jordan has social anxiety problems. So you can see why he would get so invested in this relationship and think it's forever and he wants to spill the beans completely immediately and Clark has to rein that in. But it also gets him down the path of thinking more realistically about, is it fair for me to force this on people, especially young people, to keep this a secret? Or was it fair for me to force it on Lois? I know he didn't force it on Lois, she agreed. And she also examines her own approach to keeping it, where she says, it just became... Second nature for me to lie about this because it seemed like the right thing to do at the time. It is something that should evolve and it is something that they shouldn't radically accept because if you look at broader superhero media, I mean, how many superhero adaptations do you watch where anyone's actually keeping a secret from anyone? I'm not talking about in The Flash or Arrow where it's something's happened, I'm not going to tell them this week because we need tension for another three episodes and we'll learn the lesson about we shouldn't keep secrets from the team because that causes these problems. Then the next secret crops up, we're doing that again, and so on and so on. But I mean, in terms of the MCU, in terms of the other Out of our shows, how committed are the characters to keeping the secret, and how often does it really become a problem? Almost never, really. Because even in Spider-Man, which is probably the only character in the MCU that kept his secret from anybody throughout the first two films, everybody that he was friends with or related to ended up learning it anyway.
1: It's always a thing where they need to expand the circle of who knows. And I don't know if we want to approach that later on because the circle increases exponentially by the end of this season. I guess so. I guess it's definitely a point when you compare it to other shows and other heroes sometimes you get the interesting approach your alternate is the tony stark angle of yes i am iron man but he's rich enough to do the middle finger (laughs) to everyone i can literally hide in my tower and no one can bother me i have private security already so come at me i'm already getting death threats i'm a massive ceo rich guy selling weapons so try it i dare you i guess there's that sort of approaching. you've seen a few where characters have been outed and it's not gone so well. Actually in the comics, Superman now has publicly revealed his identity as well.
0: Oh has he? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it's public knowledge in the comics or at least in the most recent strands that I've read. It was a decision that was taken when Jonathan wasn't around. And then Jonathan comes back and it's all public knowledge. It's quite (laughs) Sorry, I've completely sidetracked us away from what we were talking about. That's
0: valid, though. That might give you an indication of where this show might go at some point.
1: Oh, it's definitely got the potential for them to do that as a take at a certain point. It's exactly what you're saying. Enough people know the secret now that it is not actually much of a secret. It's a known thing. But then how does that backlash and how does it backlash against the people that you love and the decision that superman made in the comics was only made because it wasn't going to impact jonathan anymore so that was the reason why things changed there
0: yeah so that could be a sign of where the show might head at some point because that feels like something that might just be testing the waters for adaptation at some point because that seems to be what they do in comics certainly in marvel let's give this a go in comics and then if it doesn't work out then we won't do it in the films because it's a a lower risk test bed i suppose for some radical-ish ideas Hmm. But I do think the conversation around the secret should evolve because, and it was fine at the time, but otherwise you get the approach they took in, say, the Lois and Clark series, where it's five seasons of him just making hokey excuses. He hears an alarm or a police report and he's like, oh, I just remembered, I forgot to pick this thing up. I'll see you later. And he just runs off and everyone's like, hmm, huh, I wonder why he's doing that. And then they see Superman show up three seconds later. <laughs> That's not connected in any way.
1: Yeah, that's not mysterious
0: at all. The other Arrowverse shows, the other Arrowverse shows, the Arrowverse shows, because this isn't in the Arrowverse, remember? Say remember, we haven't discussed it yet, but it isn't in the Arrowverse. We'll discuss it a bit more detail later on. But again, we'll get to it, our catchphrase. It's one of our catchphrases, along with... The time travel podcast, which we haven't recorded yet, or some of us have and some of us haven't. Again, that's a different thing.
1: It's in your feed now, but it's recorded in the future. Or the past by some people. Who knows? I don't know.
0: I haven't done it yet. The Arrowverse shows that are still running, or when they were still running, didn't do stories that dealt with the tension around the secret identity because you had by and large the rest of the main cast knowing the secret and then they wouldn't really interact with day players I suppose as often so it wouldn't be the issue of I need to run off and do this and people are wondering where I am and you occasionally get Barry turn up to the police station but he just comes and goes as he pleases it's something they only throw in when they need to do something in a particular story so there's no sense of that life whereas here you get a little bit of that I remember one moment in the season where his secret identity came up as a thing where there was an excuse. He disappears off to do some Superman stuff at a football game and the coach asks Jonathan, where's your dad gone? And he says, a oh, stomach bug. And he just dismisses it as, he needs to watch his diet. So you get the impression that he does it a lot. <laughs> and it's, What's he eating? That's not good for him. He seems to have stomach issues a lot.
1: Yeah, it must be his rolling excuses always stomach bugs. <laughs> <Well, yeah. laughs>
0: but if you don't know him that well, you would probably just dismiss that as being, that's just the way he is. Yeah
1: everyone in smallville thinks clark kent's got the runs
0: better than thinking he's superman apparently he's willing to accept that he has irritable bowel syndrome that's the town gossip around clark kent he has ibs (laughs) that's the only thing i can think of where the secret identity it wasn't even an issue the coach just didn't bother about it he was just i don't know whatever needs to watch his diet and then he moves on and sometimes that's all it is because if you know someone casually and you don't really think about them too much and they're acting a bit weird you might think in the moment that's a bit strange and then you dismiss it immediately so that's part of why the disguise works i think at least in terms of people he knows casually because you wouldn't assume the person you're looking at is actually superman because you're not thinking about them too much
1: yeah that's true enough as far as i know you're superman and i wouldn't know (laughs) yeah it's interesting the thing for me and i guess because we're covering it now i'll cover it now is that some of the drama does come from the fact that he is keeping that secret And that people don't know, especially, like you say, the day players who are there a lot more. When you've got Chrissy, Lana and all that about who do not know the secret but are interacting regularly with Lois and Clark they do notice that something's up or that secrets are being held back chrissy in particular it's there oh yeah he was off writing a story i got told he was off writing a story for me but you've not told me that he's writing a story for me <laughs> what's the story it must have been big for him to be away for 30 days or a month then he comes back where's the story oh yeah that's not happened oh yeah i've not written that yet you get the elements of that and with lana it is that he disappears off he'll suddenly have other priorities or just go away without saying anything you get those elements and that could lead to a bit of drama in the show but the more of your core cast who know the secret you don't have that to play with anymore Mm. but there can come the thing of them not understanding the secret or the way they react. Clark
0: gets tripped up by the whole fact that he was away for a month because he doesn't realise it initially. Mm. So Lana asks him, how was, wherever it was you were? And he says what? He's just completely confused mm. and then obviously he's a practised liar so he ends up bringing it back around. But even Lana thinks it's a bit weird but it becomes more urgent when she almost dies and she's almost killed by her own doppelganger or no, it's Jonathan's doppelganger isn't it, that almost kills mm. her. And it gets to a point where it's okay, we need to probably tell her here because things are getting a bit too weird. I want like the chance of a super-powered alternate version of Jonathan turning up to try and kill you. It's a tough sell. <laughs> Very weird to explain. We might as well cover it now. So they do make the decision to tell Lana and her reaction to it was something I found really interesting because there's a number of ways you can play it. You can have her be not that bothered or for it to allow things to just suddenly make a lot of sense as they've done before. I remember in Arrow when Laurel found out that Oliver was the hood As he was going by at the time, you saw the gears spinning in her brain when... Now everything weird over the past couple of years suddenly makes sense. (laughs) I now get it. Now it's all coming together. But Lana's approach was an interesting one because it was her being brought into this really big deal, this massive secret, this widespread thing. She's, by association, being essentially asked to be a compulsive liar about Clark and anything associated with him. Because she recognises it's not her secret to tell, so therefore on that token she has to be quiet about it so if anyone asks her where's clark and she knows that he's off being superman her reflex has to be i don't know or something like that he's off doing something or i sent him to get milk or i don't know just whatever she decides to say yeah once again he has the (laughs) (laughs)
1: shit once again he has the runs stomach problems
0: yeah i wouldn't go into the upstairs bathroom if i were you
1: no one will ask any more questions if you say it's stomach problems yeah <laughs> any other response folk will go
0: oh he's away on holiday where's he went? well that's something Kara could have exploited more couldn't she if people were questioning her whereabouts i have cramps like, oh, not uh, oh
1: right yeah yeah okay cool yeah okay i guess all right yeah yeah anyway uh take the rest of the day off
0: they did that in agent carter actually in one of the first episodes where she was sinking off to do something and she said, I have womanly troubles, I'm going to take the rest of the day off. And they're like, yeah, whatever, we don't want to hear about it, get lost. <laughs> we're uncomfortable because we're men, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the approach that Lana took was she was really conflicted about it, it's a big commitment and it's one of those things, you can ask someone if they're ready for it in a way because in order to explain what they're ready for, you have to tell them what it is. It's not as if you turn up and like, hey, would you like to know who Superman really is? Because I imagine the whole world largely just thinks he's Superman. Why would he have a secret identity? The whole point is he's upfront and honest about everything. So he's just Superman. He doesn't wear a mask or anything. So you wouldn't assume he has a civilian life that he goes home to. You might wonder what he does when he's not saving submarines or whatever. But you probably wouldn't imagine, yeah, he probably lives a civilian life somewhere. So people aren't actively looking to expose that about him as a thing. I mean, every time anybody meets Clark, there's a risk that they might recognise him or something like that. They just, nobody really has that we've seen in this show anyway. So there isn't that problem. So Lana was... Brought into this covenant of secrecy without being prepared for it, without being asked about it. And then suddenly she has to shoulder the responsibility of keeping it because her choice is honour their right to privacy or expose them or just tell some people and then hope they keep the secret and so on. And it's something they played with in Smallville a bit as well when Pete found out in season two where he says, I have to be careful every time I speak to someone. Every single time I have a conversation with someone, this is in the back of my mind. And they got to that with Lana, although she handled it a bit better because she's an adult and is in theory better able to understand that but she still had trouble with it because she had to lie to Sarah she had to lie to the other daughter that's sometimes there and she had to lie to Kyle and it was within a few hours of knowing the secret she thought I've lied to everybody in my family and I don't like it and the decision she makes I want to keep a distance from you as families I don't want to interact as friends anymore because that's the only way I can do this and I thought that was interesting And then I really hated that they hand-waved it away in the final episode with, I'm fine with this now, it's cool. We're just going to get on with it. We're friends again.
1: Yeah, I think that maybe should have been a decision that hung over to the next season, maybe, for a resolution, rather than it being a tidy, wrapped up bow by the end of this season It needed to be a more lasting consequence. The reaction that I liked from her was when she spoke to Lois and said, I understand why clark has kept the secret what i don't understand is why get so close to my family why become such a friend to me where i'm confiding in you but you're keeping this big secret from me and she didn't understand that and was more angry about that you could have lived in your farmhouse being disconnected from everyone not had an impact on anyone but instead you've embedded yourself in my life clark was her best friend at school and everything but as soon as they came back they've got connected into the community and they've become best pals and helped each other out and she didn't understand that and i quite liked that as a turnaround, where it wasn't that i'm peeved off with clark it was no i'm peeved off with you peeved off with the fact that you've lied to me when i've been telling my deepest secrets my personal shames and it turns out that you were holding back you were holding back this thing the fact that she realized that she could either tell her kids or she was going to be lying to her kids the whole time and ultimately her decision was overwritten by the fact that jordan had to help them out jordan had to reveal a secret at that particular point otherwise it was like well i guess they need to die i would have liked to see her resolve that in the next season rather than it being revealed in that episode, but I guess it's to set up stuff for the next season so that they're starting with a cleaner slate with less of the drama overrunning between seasons.
0: Yeah, and the chewing out she gave Jordan when he approached her was brutal as well. Mm you don't have any right to involve Sarah in this. And it was quite brutal. Jordan approaching Lana being like, but I love your daughter and i want to be with her. Are you going to be honest with her? Yeah, probably not. That's not great, <laughs> is it?
1: Oh yeah. She gave him a proper chewing out. Yeah. Knowing how delicate Jordan is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, bless. He was doing the thing of I'm asking your permission. <laughs> I'm being very nice and everything. But
0: the lowest perspective in that conversation was interesting as well, because when she talked about, in Metropolis, I didn't have friends. I just worked. I just had people at work. And that was it. And my life was Clark or her life became Clark once they became close. And then the secret was known and it became about protecting his secret. And then she moves to Smallville and she's excited about the fact that she has stuff to call her own. She has friends. She has that partnership with Chrissy. Both things are affected by the fact that she's hiding this massive secret and the fact that she's just lying as a reflex just in order to keep it so you can see Lois's point of view about no oh, I was glad to have a friend and I wasn't lying to you about the things that mattered all that was genuine but it's also easy to see that there was this big elephant in the room that you just weren't talking about and you actively made that choice to get close to me while keeping that a secret from me and does that make you feel bad at all I guess not until now but <laughs> now it does I suppose those are the kind of arguments I
1: like where you can see both sides and both sides are valid Yeah, you understand both points of view. You can see yourself being on either side of the fence. I don't think you were going to see it last for too long. I think they would have come to an understanding sooner or later. I just maybe wished it hadn't ended right at the end of the season. Or if there had been a reveal, maybe do that reveal earlier in the season to give it more runtime. I don't know what would have been better, having it lasting over the season as an unresolved issue but they needed the support of the mayor and the calming voice in the town to wrap up this season to finish off some of the points that they were making so i guess that's why they came to that decision but i don't know
0: yeah it just kind of neatly resolved though and it's a bit of a cheat to just have jordan having to reveal his secret to sarah in order to save her life especially when you had some attempt earlier in the season for him to learn how to use his powers without getting caught Mm. which they did once and it was really funny oh yeah i can hack into a convenience store camera from my phone on a golf course or on a boat or wherever i was
1: (laughs) yeah we've all got that app. all us generals have got that app on our phone on the golf course yeah 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 even us retired generals have still got that yeah they
0: don't take that off you when you retire that's a benefit you retain the ability to just hack into anything you just keep that (laughs) that was a contrivance because you have to Except the fact that a small town convenience store will have CCTV that's hooked up to the internet as opposed to a
1: VCR, as you might expect in somewhere like Smallville. Yeah, it's a tape or a DVD or something. Yeah,
0: they'd have an ancient security camera. If you save anything, you save it to video. Sometimes these places just have the cameras that are as a deterrent. Mm. They don't actually work. You see that in other TV shows. Can I see your CCTV footage? No. No camera doesn't work
1: i'm going to put my head cannon in and i'm going to say after all the destruction and stuff that happened in the last season the convenience store got upgraded wi-fi and network cctv (laughs) as part of their package from the insurance company after everything got replaced Let's go with that. That's Chrissy's headcanon. Also, it's not worth
0: outing yourself on because what have they done? They've just stolen some sweets and crisps or whatever it was.
1: It was put in by the DOD and Sam's kept tabs on it because it's Smallville, so he's just keeping an eye on everything in Smallville
0: yeah but i did like the idea of that your father had to learn how to get around this at some point and it would have been an interesting learning curve for him the only bits of training you see is him punching a punching bag and things like that which isn't
1: great but i like the idea of it i suppose to bring it back around to the bit that we were talking about before with jonathan jonathan is that punching bag at a certain point of his training i'm going to baseline you against your twin (laughs) we're using him as the human baseline and then you get to use your superpowers and beat him because remember jonathan you're not as strong as he is
0: and it's something you feel really bad about but we're just going to remind you about it again
1: the point is is that you're the weaker one and we're going to baseline against you and jonathan can't take that jonathan's like hang on no i want to win at least once (laughs) I want to have one of these things where I'm going to be better, quicker, smarter. I'm going to trick you into hitting above me or hitting below me so that I can get a couple of jabs in and whatnot. And he does it. The way he does it, though, is maybe a turn that I was not expecting, which is when he gets into the drugs. (laughs) Yeah, that was... A
0: bit of a stretch. But I don't think it was necessarily something that needed to be a stretch. I think they just needed to put the time in to make it work. Because there's a few things associated with Jonathan this season. And it's a problem that held over from last season, actually. Because last season, you didn't have a lot of content for Jonathan. Especially after the football thing stopped. Now he doesn't have anything. Which is a bit of a shame. And that's part of his arc in this, in a way. But in this season, he has his girlfriend, Candice. Which isn't the same girl he was flirting with at the end of the last season. Don't know what happened to her. I guess the actress found something better to do or something, but he has this new girlfriend and she's a drug dealer, which is a bit of a problem, I suppose. But they try and justify it by she has to sell drugs because her father's poor and they need to make ends meet. And it suggests this background of a major problem with lots of people suffering from poverty in Smallville that they don't do anything with. It's just something they tell you. So am I led to believe this is a widespread town problem? And if so, what does this mean for everybody? How does it factor into anything that's going on? And why aren't you using Lana's campaign for mayor to combat it or draw attention to this as a narrative? Because that's world building. Smallville is your world in this show. So it has to function, or it doesn't have to, I suppose, because how many Arrowverse shows have we watched where the city is just a place they fight in? But it could be a proper community with its own... Rules, its own setup, its own economy, and everything like that. And it's something they tell you about quite a lot, but it's something they never really show you. So, is Candace's family a microcosm of a larger problem that we're going to really explore? And you do have a main character that is running for mayor. So, here's an opportunity to really explore that. When she was thinking about running for mayor, that could have been the platform rather than the current mayor is a fat, bigoted mess and he deserves to be (laughs) ousted on those reasons. Whereas It could have been. Have you noticed how poor people are? Especially after the previous season, because the collapse of the Morgan Edge plan, because from a domestic point of view, you're not going to necessarily care about the fact that, oh yeah, he's Superman's half-brother and a Kryptonian. He was only playing us so he could get access to the ex-Kryptonite that's in the mines and all that stuff. But then it did come with a big economic recovery plan that was going to be, we're going to bring jobs to the community, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then Morgan Edge never existed. He disappears and all the money disappears, and all those promises disappear. So how does Smallville react to that as a community? You don't really see the wider impact of that. And I feel like in order for the Jonathan drug-taking plot to work, you needed that domino to fall. You needed to see how the community was struggling. Then you needed to see how Candace and her family were struggling. And then you needed to see Jonathan feel sorry for her and covering up the whole drugs thing. And then you get into the whole notion of Jonathan is unaware of how privileged he actually is. Because he has this loving, stable, secure family where money isn't a problem and all that stuff. But he's more concerned with his own place within that family because he's quote-unquote normal guy among a family of exceptionals. Your dad's Superman. Your mother is this hotshot reporter that's dealing with that. Your brother is a superhero in training. What are you doing? It's one of those arcs that could have resulted in him taking stock of what he actually has rather than what he... Wishes he has, but that whole lack of purpose, that not knowing what his place is, not feeling like he is great at anything or good at anything or can do anything that's valid as well but then you do have all these knock-on effects that could have fed into it and it just didn't so then the drug taking just didn't make any sense because it needed all those other supporting elements to boost it and they just weren't there
1: yeah when you were talking about the plans in town and the recession being one of the reasons that candace was selling the drugs you're right because in the previous season there was the lines about the towns in decline the shops are shut in the high streets boarded up no one's making any money none of the shops are making money so they're having to close so the suppliers to so the shops are not making money and it was all ricocheting back and the Morgan Edge thing the whole reason that the town was so gunning for the Morgan Edge plan was it's going to bring tons of money and so there's going to be a lot of work in these mines there's going to be a lot of work processing and in an office and administration and part of his fiscal plan was just to throw money at the town as like a community dividend out of what he was doing in order to win them over and that didn't happen. But then in this season, you didn't really get much of a mention for that apart from when it came to talking about Candice's dad. I think it would have been better if you'd seen Lana as part of her campaign, maybe doing some door knocking and speaking to people and getting some of those stories maybe and getting that to come out rather than some of the stuff that we got. I still thought the election campaign was an interesting little side piece that they did but maybe they could have tied it into that more so that you believably had this recession if you were to sort of wind it back to well the streets are getting boarded up again the shops are getting boarded up again things are closing down around them it's that whole thing of show don't tell as well but you could start showing that on the high street again you start boarding up things and this is a town that's now been attacked several times for a small town that should be the death nail already the fact that a lot of bad stuff's going down in smallville quite often it might be a good idea to not be in smallville if superman's having to get involved in your small town that often <laughs> you know there's a problem if he's there every other week trying to solve something your town's got issues your town should not have superman level issues <laughs> on a regular basis it should be police fire and rescue service a few ambulances every once in a while you should not have superman having to rescue your town every week no so that would be a draw that would be an economic drag out of the town because folk would be like well, can't do this. The insurance company won't cover my shop (laughs) anymore. The window gets battered in every week. It's not going to work. There's no superhero insurance
0: because this universe only has one superhero.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's no one covering it. It's one of those interesting ones that they don't really go into a lot. It's like, yeah, everyone's insurance is knackered. (laughs) It's impossible to get covered for a flood after you get flooded once. So what happens after your first superhero attack?
0: Well, they did that in Supergirl where that galvanized one of the villains where I lost my house and the insurance company wouldn't pay out because it was active superhero
1: yeah exactly it wasn't a natural disaster it wasn't covered under the policy got to take out the extra payment for that (laughs) from the jonathan side of it him turning to do that i didn't get as much about his relationship with candice to make him go oh yeah i'm just gonna throw everything away and i'll pretend i've got the drugs there's no way they're gonna find them in my locker and then the sniffer dog turns up. What was it? I'm a good kid. I'll get away with it. Or I'll get a slap on the wrist. And so it's No, you're expelled. It's pretty serious. You're expelled. And everyone in town knows what you did. And the football season's been cancelled for the year because they can't tell who's been on your drugs. So that's it. They're disqualified from the season. And this town, as we know, somehow loves its football. Or its American football. Let's go for that. And uh, I think someone was still taking pot shots at them later in the year. Are you going to try and get the basketball season cancelled <laughs> yeah. next? I think was in a throwaway line somewhere. Shut up, you are on drugs too. Yeah, but I didn't get caught. Yeah, I didn't get caught, so it's not my fault. If that's
0: the logic we're operating on, then fair enough. Okay, we can't really beat that. We're not approaching this from an ethical point of view. We're approaching this from the, we'll blame the person that got caught. That's how we're choosing to manage this situation. It's a testament to Jonathan's values that he doesn't dob Candace in at least initially. And then when he does bring her in to talk to Lois, he makes her promise to keep it anonymous because it is a symptom of a larger problem that they need to look into. But that's the way he's been raised, is to be loyal to people. And the fact that it was going to ruin his future wasn't a problem, was a problem, but it wasn't going to dissuade him from making sure that it didn't ruin Candace's life because apparently she has enough to deal with. But again, you don't really get a strong sense of that because she only turns up here and there. Yeah, you don't feel as connected in
1: this season i would say with that
0: yeah which is a shame because you really had a story there like i said especially with the mayor thing and candace could have been a case study for that problem you don't have to necessarily do it on a wide scale because that's the way the scope can work with these things if you show it's happening to one person and then you bring in the fact that it's happening town-wide and then you have other characters talk about it here and there then fine and i did think the mayoral plot was an interesting one for lana but also while i was seeing it play out. I kept wondering why it was there. And I kept waiting for there to be a purpose to it. And then it just never really connected to anything else. Even though I've just expressed something that it could have easily connected to.
1: Yeah, I did kind of have that problem with it. And it seemed like something to spin wheels for a bit. It seemed like, well we need to give her something to do this season because last season she was tied into the plot because she was working for Morgan Edge doing the recruitment of the people. So there was a reason for her to be tied into plot. She had something to do to keep her going. Whereas this season, without that mayor plot, there would have been large swathes of the season where she wouldn't have had anything to really tie into, I guess. She wouldn't have anything to get her teeth into, and I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons. But yeah, it didn't really tie in much until the end of the season where they're trying to get the community around, and she is now an official spokesperson for the community so can get things done. But I don't believe a small town mayor has much power people were turning to her for answers about the fact that there was another planet appearing out the sky (laughs) hurtling towards them and people were disappearing and folk are turning to the mayor and going small town mayor what are you doing about this tell us what you know small town mayor (laughs) and she was like well i don't really know anything but i'll tell you when i know
0: and here's superman at your town hall in this really small town to explain everything
1: yeah and then she calls the meeting and goes actually i do know what's going on we're all being swapped with duplicates from this other planet thing and then everyone's like you're talking nonsense mayor you're unsound you need help mayor why would people turn to the small town mayor the president should be making statements about another planet in the sky not necessarily small town mayor.
0: <laughs> but that was one of my problems with the last episode really was it only felt like this thing was happening to Smallville when it is a global problem, surely. Well, it definitely is. You see in the snapshots of the bizarre world that That is a global problem, whereas it only affects Smallville. I get it. It's your setting and that makes sense. But you use them as your focus for something that's large. So like you said, the president should be making an address or Superman should be addressing the world from Metropolis or something like that. To explain it, not turning up at a community centre to say, right, guys, this is what's playing out here. This is something that you all need to know. That's a global problem, but it doesn't feel like a global problem. It doesn't really make any sense that way. So yeah, Lana being expected to have all the answers. Have you seen what's going on out there? Who's going to have the answers? It's not going to be a mayor of a farming
1: community. Well, it's not going to be a local tower. The argument was meant to be at the beginning that it was sort of the epicentre because of the way it was connected and the tunnels and the stuff in the mines and all that. But then it gets to the point where you can see this in the sky, you can see there's two suns and everything like that. This isn't like a casual Smallville problem anymore. This is everyone in the world can see what's going on.
0: Yeah, everybody. And they managed to do global stakes a bit better last season because when Edge and his minions attacked, they went to Metropolis to do it. And it gave you that, okay, this is a larger problem. And then it became a smallville connected problem because they were using people from smallville and that made sense for that but it didn't make sense to completely focus on smallville at the end of this but yes be that your focus because that's where your characters are but show us that the world is affected and show us that the world is wondering where superman is like they did a couple of episodes prior when he wasn't around Look, this train's derailed and all this horrible stuff is happening and Superman hasn't shown up yet. Where is he? And we don't have any other heroes in this world, apparently, but we haven't told you that yet, so you are wondering what The Flash is up to. (laughs) Sorry, he's too busy
1: not existing. (laughs) That's the problem. Too busy not being The Flash at the moment. TBC.
0: There could be a Barry Allen in this universe. He hasn't been struck by lightning yet. Who knows?
1: No, he got struck by a lightning, and he died. Yes. Because that's the way lightning (laughs) (laughs) works.
0: We know that there's an Oliver Queen in this universe, so we'll get to it. We'll discuss it in more detail when we try and pick apart that part of it. So, yeah, the mayoral plot, it was a reasonable stab at giving Lana something to do, but... I think it should be more connected to the drugs thing. And then Jonathan taking the drugs, you could understand why he did it in a way because everyone else is doing it and it's the only way for him to keep up. So playing fair doesn't accomplish anything. He won't get anywhere by playing fair because no one else is. Mm. And that's the common reasoning behind when people use steroids and whatever in sporting events. Wasn't it Lance Armstrong had all of his titles taken off him because they realised that you were doing these under false pretenses.
1: There's no way to be sure of what and when you started taking them so you lose all titles. With Jonathan, the thing is that that is amplified twofold because it's not just on the football pitch that people are competing unfairly. He's then also feeling that at home, which is why he ends up going down that route, he's getting that twofold. I'm trying to compete fairly and I can't get on the team because all the people that are getting picked each week are the ones that are on the drugs. And I can't stand out at home because Jordan's got superpowers. So it's just that that pushes him over.
0: Yeah, and I found the parental reaction to it quite interesting as well. With Clark, he just went nuts at him. He completely flew off the handle because he was so angry and disappointed in him that he didn't know how to process it. And that's part of him becoming a better parent. He doesn't understand how to approach these things. He just looks at it through a red mist and it's like, you're just a disappointment to this family and you've let us all down and whatever. And then Lois' approach is more subdued than that, especially after she speaks to Lana, where Lana says, when I have problems with my daughters, I listen to them because you might actually learn something that way. You might learn why this is going on. And then Lois goes to Jonathan and says, what's going on here? Tell me about it. And once she takes the time to sit down with him and listen to what he has to say, try and hear his side of it, try and understand his point of view, it gets her somewhere. And that's something that Clark needs to learn. And he learns it without learning it if you know what i mean he's not shown to have learned it but he understands it later on and it's the bit where he says you made a mistake and you're trying to own up for it and you're doing the right thing about it and he's like yeah but my future's ruined i can't sit exams or whatever and he's like yeah we'll homeschool you we'll figure it out whereas before he's like i'm gonna to have to homeschool you know this is ridiculous i'm superman i can't be homeschooling you i have to go and forest fires have you considered how inconvenient this is for me completely the wrong approach and then later on it's the right approach no you're doing the right thing you've shown how good a person you are you've shown that you're willing to shoulder the responsibility for it and this doesn't have to destroy your life it can get better we'll figure it out so it's an interesting learning curve for the parents in that as well showing them as flawed parents was a good touch and then that helps you feed into the lana and lois conflict because well you came to me for advice and i really opened up to you about what sarah was going through and we talked about that and then you were able to apply that and now suddenly my husband's superman by the way that's something that's in the way so i found all that interesting but i would have liked to just see them go a bit deeper with it give us more because there's elements of really
1: interesting things in there i think you've covered that really well i think anything i would add to that would be <laughs>
0: <stupid>. <laughs> sorry <laughs> cool so shall we bring in sarah then we haven't really talked about her what did she do this season the first part of it was building to her If I've pronounced that right Which is some kind of rite of passage And has our Mexican heritage That's our heritage isn't it I believe so yeah and it's your passage into womanhood I don't know if it's only for women I don't know if it's for men as well but it's your passage into adulthood it's where you're recognised as an adult and you have this big party to recognise you as an adult and she's building up to it because she feels nervous about it because there's things she has to do there's responsibilities she has to fulfil and it's a big family deal and it also ends with Lana finding out well them all finding out that Kyle was having an affair some time ago and it all blows up there and then you had the situation where she cheated on Jordan while she was at camp that weirdly starts off as being a problem and then doesn't seem to be a problem later on. It's not something she ever really answers for. Well, she kind of does at the end where she says, I never apologised for cheating on you. No, you didn't. That's something that should have been acknowledged much earlier than this.
1: Yeah, I've never said sorry for that, by the way. So I guess, uh, sorry, but bit late now, but at least she did apologise, I guess. The way it was framed at the beginning of the season wasn't particularly clear what had gone on and what had happened and you get a bit more detail as the season goes on. They never really fully committed. It was one of those things for the cushing family we're looking rosy and everything's working out we've got this big event and then the whole house of cards comes tumbling down all at once and it was just one thing on top of another thing on top of another thing on top of another thing just pulling it to bits which is difficult to watch sometimes when you see stuff like that going on but yeah it all sort of tumbled together all at once and very publicly as well.
0: Well, yeah, that's always a problem. But I liked Lana's approach at the end. Right, we're just going to get through the rest of the day and then we'll worry about this tomorrow. We just have to roll with a punch here. It's not great. One thing I'm surprised they didn't do was draw the obvious connection because Sarah started off by almost disowning Kyle initially because of him having an affair, but she never addresses the connection with herself. That's kind of what I did not on a smaller scale, but I did it. And wondering if that's some kind of weird genetic problem that she has or some nasty thing that gets passed down genetically or something like that. You tend to get those ideas. I don't think that would have been necessarily very good, but it's certainly something that should have been used for her to reevaluate it. She reevaluates it from a different direction. She thinks about it's up to me whether I have a relationship with my father. That's fine. But it's weird. There's a little bit of conflict there and then it disappears but it doesn't seem to disappear for any justified reason. It just disappears.
1: I didn't think of that actually that the connection between her dad cheating and her sort of cheating i guess at the same time i didn't put that connection together actually that's really interesting
0: yeah and then i thought the other girl was going to be a more prominent fixture in this show than she was she only appeared in
1: the one episode Yeah, the one episode to try and provide a bit of context and to try and be a sounding board for her. But yeah, it was the same as you. I was expecting a triangle of sorts to start forming there.
0: I mean, I'm glad it didn't, but it was good that they brought her in with the express purpose to help her figure out what her next move is when her parents have split up and how she gets to define her relationships with them or what those relationships now are because they will be potentially separate units for the rest of her life. So what does she have to do to figure that out in this Person that she kissed at camp went through that. So that makes sense to help her moralize it. But it's the, you you thought about the fact that you kind of did that? You're a boyfriend when you kissed me, and can you really throw stones here from your glass house? Can you really do that? (laughs) Maybe not, actually. Let's reevaluate this. Let's think about the fact that people make mistakes and the fact that people can learn from them as well, because that's ultimately what that's about. That's ultimately what Kyle's arc is, which we'll talk about in more detail, definitely. I did like that with Sarah. I like the way that they developed her in that respect and her relationship with jordan fell apart for the reasons that teenage relationships in these types of shows tend to fall apart you're hiding something from me no i'm not yes you are no i'm not until you stop hiding something we're through and then that's it and then she starts writing songs and apparently has what it takes to be a successful pop star i don't know if i like where that's heading (laughs) the next jordan sarah Tension will be caused by the fact that she is now a successful teenage pop star that is never in Smallville because she's always on tour or something.
1: She's always out on tour or she's always getting photos taken and Jordan will not like that. (laughs) Or there's (laughs) going to be lots of people hitting on her because she's famous. I guess that might be the route they take. I don't know. It would be interesting. I mean, they've obviously put it out there that she's going to perform a bit more. They've always had her being a bit musical. They did the talent show thing in the previous season. And then they've done the performance in the bar this season and she's been writing her own stuff. So all it takes is one of those I'm going to make you a star kind of people to appear in one
0: of these episodes. (laughs) Turns out I'm a secret Kryptonian that wants to exploit you for some reason. That's
1: not clear right away. (laughs) Because my powers can only be reactivated under the power of song or something. Who knows?
0: (laughs) could be anything.
1: I guess so, but a pop star maybe. I quite liked the song. It was catchy. Yeah, I
0: suppose for what it was
1: what it was for the short excerpt that we got i was like okay that's a nice little singer songwriter kind of thing cool
0: you can play it on your radio show this was played in superman and lois
1: <laughs> from superman and lois from the official soundtrack
0: yeah i don't know if they've released it i don't think they have and i don't think we live in an era where people are necessarily clamoring for it and they like so put this on itunes right now otherwise we riot if we can't get a bebo plushy we're not getting sarah's album
1: well you know different universes and all yeah them. yeah
0: kyle then i really liked what they did with kyle this season they stopped short of turning him into a different person i do think he's a very different person to the one he was in the previous season but it's a bit of organic growth he's making a conscious effort to work on himself and that's why the tragedy of the family splitting apart hits home because it's clear that he's a better person than he was when he did that thing And the thing happened a long time ago, a few years ago anyway, maybe it wasn't that long ago, but it's pretty clear that that doesn't represent the sort of person he is now. If it happened in the middle of last season, I might have been thinking, oh, well, good riddance, he's no good, because there was a lot of tension in the Cushing, now Cortez, well, Sarah's adopted her native name, hasn't she, so she's now Cortez, I don't think Lana has. Not sure. Or has it come from Kyle's side? I don't know. I'm not quite sure what the lineage lines of that surname is. I think it is Kyle's. Because I think he talks about his family changing their name when they moved to Smallville so they would fit in better. And then Sarah says, well, I feel pretty secure here, so I'm going to take this back and own it. But self-identifying there, it's all good stuff. But Kyle being a better person, suddenly he's this dispenser of sage advice in some ways. He's the one that helps Lana resolve the secrecy issue indirectly because she can't talk to him about it. She can only talk about it in an oblique way. And then the way that he connects to Sarah, he's genuinely committed to forging a relationship with her. She's the one that stops him spiralling into this mess after the breakup. She's the one that's like, you need furniture in your apartment and stuff like that. It's not a temporary situation. You can't treat it like a temporary situation. There was a bit that really stood out to me where Sarah started opening up to him about what she was discussing with her therapist. And if you remember last season, when she got picked up at the therapy office, she said, No, I talk about this with Dr. Whoever. We don't talk about it. That's it. Draw a line under it. But she starts talking about it. It's like, my therapist taught me this, and this is how you deal with this. And if that doesn't show the growth in their connection, I don't know what does, because that's a massive signal of trust from Sarah's point of view because that's stuff she talks to her therapist in confidence.
1: That's a good spot, that. The fact that in the previous season she didn't want to talk about her therapist and then in this one she does. I did like the fact it was her that stopped Kyle from spiralling as well. When she turns up unannounced and sees the state of the place that he's staying in. There's like a mattress in the corner of the floor and that's about it as what he's got and she helps him out and starts trying to go well mum's not going to take you back if you're in a state you've got to pick yourself up and show her that you're capable and you're learning and he takes that on and he does become a better person by the end of it I was also glad that it wasn't resolved by the end of the season. This is one of the ones that they've went and it's not going to be wrapped up by the end because you could almost see the writers going, oh, and then this near-death, near-transformative experience brings them both together and they realise that they're better together than they are apart. Then that's it. They're back together again, everyone. Hit the reset button by the end of the season and they're back together again and it's all happily ever after, but they don't do that. And I I was kind of glad of that.
0: Yeah, because it is real. That's the thing. Relationships end, marriages end, and they don't reconnect in the way that they did before. It's different for Lana and Kyle because they have their daughters. So there has to be some level of coordination, or at least in a civil world where they're both reasonable and they're able to at least interact in a civil way. That is something that's possible.
1: Again, it's a small town. They are going to be bumping into each other a lot.
0: So Lana's not in the emotional position to say, um, get lost and you can't see our daughters ever again. You're a disgrace to this family and whatever. And Sarah's a bit too old to have Lana make that decision for her anyway. Maybe, what's the other kid's name? Is it Sophie?
1: Uh...
0: It doesn't really matter. She isn't really anything. She's just kind of there sometimes. She's... Had a bit of a growth spurt since season one, actually. She's about a foot taller
1: when you first see her in the first couple of episodes. Jocelyn Picard. Oh, what a good name. Uh, Picard. Yeah, very good name. Sophie Cushing. You're right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow.
0: Turns out she made an impression. But she's only kind of there to make a point sometimes. For example, when Lana was about to tell Sarah the truth about Clark and about Jordan, and then you hear Sophie's voice from the distance, and it's, oh, yeah. I can't burden Sarah with that because then she'll have to lie to Sophie. So I'm starting to understand where this problem is coming from. But other than that, that's not really what Sophie is. She isn't really much more than that. But yeah, the idea of you're always going to be part of my life, but I don't think I can trust you in that way again. Maybe in the future I will, maybe not. I don't know. But for now, I think we should just take things as they are and see how it goes. And then Kyle's like, cool, I understand that. I'm just going to be around and we'll see what happens. It's a really civil and undramatic way to end it, I suppose. Well, it's not ended, it's an undramatic way to leave it for the end of the season. And then it's next season, they'll both be living separate lives. I guess the next bit of plot tension we might have will be when Lana meets someone that she likes and starts going out with them, or vice versa.
1: Yeah, there's definitely the potential of Lana. I guess it would maybe be Lana more than Kyle, probably, and how Kyle reacts to that kyle hasn't quite accepted the breakup yet but lana is maybe more at the i'm moving on stage than he is
0: i think his belief that he was being punished by being sent to another universe was a bit of a stretch i think this is what i deserve i think this is what the universe is telling me I <laughs> did a bad thing people seem to punish themselves in different ways kyle i think this is quite extreme this has nothing to do with you it's not your fault also you don't exist in the other universe for some reason where you don't seem to
1: you were off that day when we were filming alternate universe (laughs) (laughs) that was a weird flex i suppose and then he gets
0: back to the main universe and it's like oh my god i've been forgiven they do it as a big forgiveness moment actually because it's where lois gives him that hope lois tells him no no this is not your fault this is not you being punished this doesn't mean that you can't be better this doesn't mean you won't have a chance to fix things and then oh by god lois you're right and then suddenly he's back in the main universe. Obviously it's not the direct cause but from an emotional point of view it feels like him realising that is what got him to send himself back even though it was just a timing thing I guess. But you can see what they were going with
1: there. Yeah, once he believes it, coincidentally flips back over.
0: We had one new character this season. We did a lot of speculating about what they might do with her last season. We had Natalie. She is very much a fish out of water. She's in this new pond, this new universe. She's trying to adapt to it. Her dad is there. You have that bit at the start where they try to put her in high school and that doesn't work. And then suddenly she has to come to Smallville because... We can't introduce a whole other high school of side characters, I suppose. We can't have two high school locations in one show. So we're just going to do this instead. What did you think of Natalie and her relationship to John Henry? There's a lot of Johns,
1: so I need to distinguish them. A lot of Johns. A lot of different Johns. I liked her. I liked that she, when she first arrives, is struggling to see how he's okay with the situation. We've seen an entire season of him coming to terms with stuff. She's not. So she's still coming from that fresh hurt and she just doesn't understand how he's able to adapt to this new world. How are you able to cope with this? How are you okay with this? Seems to be the angle that she takes. I did find that interesting. Again, it's another one of these things that's kind of picked up, dropped, sometimes picked back up again, but never really seems fully resolved. It never seems to 100% click. They just kind of forget part way through the season and go oh well just assume that she's okay with stuff now there's a couple of chats to maybe resolve things but it never seems like enough it never seems like a 100% solution to what's going on I did like that they attempted the new school at the beginning yeah we're going to do a clean break if we're in Smallville we're going to be next to everyone we're going to be seeing Lewis and Clark all the time don't want to have that so we're going to go and try elsewhere. And it just doesn't pan out. I agree with you that probably one of the reasons for it not panning out is there is no way we're paying for an entire <laughs> cast in a completely different location. Because if you've got John being somewhere else, you need John's neighbours, you need the other school friends, you need the other pals, you need all the other... No, no, no. It's just way easier if we just get them to move to school. <laughs> this is going to get expensive. So that seemed inevitable. I found the fact that she got quite chummy with Sarah quite interesting the fact that those two buddied up and it almost thought because of the relationship she had had at camp that that was going to get played into at a certain point yeah i, I saw a bit of sparks flying in that sense There was a little bit, and I didn't know if that was just me taking a friendship too far at that point, and I thought, oh, is this actually going to be the triangle thing that they're setting up? It's not actually going to be the girl from camp, it's going to be this. Because they were getting on really, really well, and it was at a time when Jordan was not getting on well with Sarah.
0: You can't get out of the CW expecting a love triangle thing, are you?
1: I keep seeing love triangles everywhere I look now. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's a CW show, it's going to happen at some point. Where is it?
1: Is it these three? Yeah, where is the inevitable love triangle? It's like when someone tells you at the beginning of a film, oh, by the way, you will never guess what the twist is, and then you keep looking for the twist. In CW, it's, there's going to be a love triangle. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I half
0: expected Jonathan and Jordan to both kind of have the hots for her. She's kind of our sister, but not really. <laughs>
1: yeah, it doesn't count, does it? Is
0: it incest if it's a duplicate of your mother from another universe?
1: do <laughs> yeah once you start having to ask those questions you already know it's not right
0: because <laughs> it's our half-sister but to a duplicate of our mother that's from another universe so genetically she's related i guess probably
1: i guess yeah
0: but not on a quantum signature level I'm glad they didn't even entertain that
1: idea. No, then it gets complicated. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And there wasn't really room in the season to give Natalie much of a life outside of her relationship with the main cast, really. The only thing she has for herself is her friendship with Sarah that you get a couple of times, the fixing the car thing. I half expected Kyle to be really disappointed about that. So I thought we're working on this together and you just go and fix it with some random? That's not very nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, you go and get someone else to help you, yeah. Turns out she fixed it
0: in five minutes. What have we been doing for the last three months? <laughs> Turns out you're not very good at this, Dad. She fixed it in five minutes.
1: As much as you don't get much of her, you do get that she's built a sort of friendship with Jordan and Jonathan because she's sort of confiding in them. She shows them her suit that she's been building in secret.
0: And then she says, I always wanted brothers at the end. I don't quite buy that you've made that connection as such, but okay.
1: Yeah, I guess once they have done their adventure into the mines and messed about for a bit that they've got a a bit of a bond it shows that they're a bit closer and they're thinking along the same lines that they all want to help out the three of them are wanting not to be looking from the sidelines but are wanting to be assisting they're all wanting to chip in i kind of get that that they're all coming from the same point of view where our parents or at least clark and john are superheroes and inverted commas so we want to be able to help them we don't want to just be always in peril and stuff and they've got that that kind of bond, I guess, as well. And that shared secret between them all.
0: Yeah, and they did address early on the, is it not weird for you that this Lois isn't my mother, but is? They pick that up and then Lois is trying to make it a bit easier early on as well. She's trying to create a relationship with her, but then it ends up just being this, we just have to get there in our own way. We can't rush it and part of it has to be getting out of the house. They can't live in the Kent farm because there's just too many reminders. John does seem to forget about his... Hang up around seeing Lois in this season. It doesn't seem to be a problem for him anymore. I suppose something has to give because you can't just keep bringing that up. How do you resolve that? Well, suddenly I don't see my wife when I look at you. How do you organically get there? I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> it just has to be something that he just stops doing at some point.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. I think it's like you can only have one of the two characters having that problem because if you had both of them having that problem, you just can't have them involved in this season. Yeah. They've decided that they want to have them around, obviously. For writing and story purposes, they need another hero or someone to help Clark out and do these things. So they've had them there. But you can't have both of them around if they're both repulsed by seeing lois all the time or seeing clark all the time because the obvious answer you'd be sitting there is going well move then why did you stay in smallville (laughs) there's got to be a reason that they're still hanging about there if both of them cannot stand the fact that they exist in this world then they would not stay in smallville they have the choice of the entire world at their fingertips if you know what i mean
0: yeah then you get the Brief arc where John says, I'm not going to help Superman out anymore because I don't want to leave Natalie alone again in the way that I did before. And then you get into this, I'll just do it one last time. And of course, the one last time is the one where he almost gets killed because that's the way these things work. And then after that point, Natalie says, no, if you're going to be fighting, then we're going to really... Shore up the defences of your suit because I want you to come back and then they are able to connect over that that project of making the suit and then she makes her own suit and John says no you're not coming out and being a superhero with me and that's too dangerous blah blah, blah. again all the expected stuff dismantle that right now and when she says do it yourself I'm not taking it apart and then he slinks back later and says Oh yeah I couldn't take it apart it's way better than mine
1: it was really good I like to line I'm a builder of things I don't dismantle things I build this stuff I'm not there to break it apart and knock it to pieces you.
0: Yeah, you literally made this thing indestructible. Well done. Okay. We have to revisit this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I did like that the fact that the AI dobbed her in it. As well, show me the designs of the suit. And the AI goes, which one? Shout out to a friend of the show, Daisy torme pulling
0: double duty of the two AIs in this season. One of which has a name.
1: I hope that Daisy's getting double pay. Yeah, I imagine she'll get paid by whatever I'd never asked. By that standard, I'm guessing everyone in the season's getting double pay because they're playing two characters. Most of them, yeah. <laughs> Most of them are playing two <laughs> characters, so maybe everyone's a double pay this season. Is that how it works? Probably not, but fair. Uh, enough. That's probably not. You're under contract. You will play as many doppelgangers. <laughs> (laughs) as we suggest you're playing every character this season
0: (laughs) (laughs) natalie's ai is called hetty or hetty one of the two Hetty, yeah Yeah. and daisy told me this herself this is an exclusive from a private conversation that we had because we chat sometimes it's really cool she's really cool but she calls the original ai og ai and i said do the letters stand for anything like jarvis which in the mcu stands for just a really very intelligent system that's what jarvis stands for (laughs) and she says she doesn't know if they stand for anything
1: oh okay so it's just what she calls it to separate the two out that's quite neat. i guess so
0: yeah but that's a little exclusive detail you wouldn't get anywhere else because interviewed her and still talk to her i can definitely say she's a friend of the show rather than Catherine mcnamara who probably doesn't remember even speaking to me but she's still a friend of the show
1: oh yeah definitely a friend of the show if they've ever appeared once even as a liner only they are a friend of the show yes
0: one day i'll meet her at a convention and be like, remember me? We talked for 12 minutes. And she'd be like, oh yeah, you. Anyway, the Natalie thing... When John went to sacrifice himself by flying into the void to try and shoot a missile at Ali, which was never going to work, obviously, because you're never going to get the payoff of the season to be, I flew into a portal and shot a missile at the villain, and it worked! It killed her! Amazing. We went back to our lives after that. How good was that? And it wasn't the title character that did (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. But the idea that John felt more comfortable making that sacrifice because Natalie had people now, she had a family, she had a support structure, he wasn't leaving her alone, and then they punctuate that by the fact that she's really upset when the signal's lost and then Lois and Jordan and Jonathan and... Is Clark there at the time? I'm not sure. But they all rally round her. They all support her. So I really like that. That's that. You've actually managed to organically create a sense of belonging for these characters. Well done. I didn't think you'd done it, but then I saw this moment and No, you did. You got away with it. Well done. It is a character I'd like to see them do a bit more with because she seems to be definitely far more than the sum of her parts. She does intermittently do stuff throughout the season. It's funny when John disappears for a couple of episodes when he's injured. He's in hospital for a couple of episodes. He's just not seen.
1: Yeah, both of them kind of disappear at that point, don't they? Because she's by his bedside and he's injured, so they both just vanish for a good few episodes.
0: And she's angry at Clark as well for getting him in that situation, which is
1: really good. Again, it's little bits of conflict do you get in these places i think it was really well acted as well and it's a character that i want to see more of and it might be interesting because you've got her in training in a suit with john you've got jordan in training with clark and you've got potentially to fast forward right to the right to right to right to the ending whatever they're going to do with jonathan come the next season so yeah that'll be interesting with them all in training of some sort Do you think we'll get Jonathan having
0: powers at some point? I think it'll
1: happen eventually. I kind of thought we were going to get it this season as part of the merging thing. Mm. I thought Jonathan was going to get the powers from his doppelganger at some point. Like a failed merging or the two of them being present for whatever writer hand wavy um sciencey nonsense that they wanted to say is that by the end that would have maybe triggered jonathan's powers in some way or the powers get transferred from one jonathan to the other some hand waving, and i kind of thought he would have ended up with powers that or him taking the x kryptonite drugs would kick start something in his system like at first it would be because he was on the drugs and then actually it would turn out that it had started to trigger his Kryptonian side, maybe. I thought there was maybe something along those lines. I think it's inevitable at some point you're going to get him with powers, but I don't know.
0: I do think it's more interesting if they never give him powers, though, because it makes it more of a challenge as a production team to come up with something to do with him that isn't, oh, yeah, he's just one of the super kids now.
1: Yeah, I think you're maybe right from that point of view, Is it does make him interesting if they use him right or well.
0: But that's predicated on using them right. Let's talk a bit about the actual main antagonism plot of the season then it starts off with clark having visions of something punching its way out of the mines and that thing once you finally see it looks exactly like doomsday does when he's introduced in the comics he's wearing some kind of exo suit that he then bursts out of and kills superman i'll confess i actually fell for it i thought they were doing doomsday and i was kind of underwhelmed by the prospect of them doing doomsday because the thing about that, I'm not going to say character, that creature is that it exists to only kill Superman, it's not anything else other than a blunt instrument, brute force this thing that can't be reasoned with, this pure unadulterated power thing and that to me felt like the wrong approach for this show, because the problems are largely emotional we've just got something that Clark can punch, so what are we are going to do we're going to try and give Doomsday a personality we did that in Smallville, when he was hulking out kind of situation, so were we going to do that? I don't know, well they didn't do that But that was my thought process when I was watching it. And then it was actually after they did the reveal. I spoke to Andrew, who was a few episodes behind at that point, and he says, the creature punching its way out of the mines that looks exactly like Doomsday did makes me think it's not going to be Doomsday at all. And then I remembered all the times that the Arrowverse has done that thing where they've teased one villain and then turned them into another villain. They've done that Mm. quite a lot. In fact, they've done it almost exclusively so that we've almost been trained to expect the opposite of what the obvious is, except I just kind of think they were doing Doomsday. I just didn't picture that they were going to do anything else. So I've kind of fell for it. But the fact that it was bizarro was better because it gave you that emotional problem. Clark confronting this twisted mirror of himself, which is something I was disappointed in because I don't think they did enough with it because he's killed off very quickly. He's there, he hunts down some of Ali's disciples, so that they can't merge, tries to kill Ali, gets captured, ends up being freed to fight Anderson, Anderson kills him, and then that's about it. And you do get little bits of, I'm here to save my world. So again, you've got the skewed version of the Superman ethos, which works. He shares some of those values, but he's much more cutthroat, and much less ethical, I suppose, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I guess. My issue was the way that Bizarro goes about his plan. This could have been resolved a lot easier by you finding your Clark, your Superman, and stating your case from day one, rather than getting involved in a punch up and starting to just wander around killing folk and doing all that, leading to him getting even more injured. Cause ultimately it's Clark and Tal that end up taking him out, really.
0: It was Anderson that took him out. It was Anderson that delivered the death blow, but Tal did help out with it, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was Anderson that did the death blow, but it was Clark and Tal that took him out in the first place, got him locked up, put him in a location where he couldn't complete his mission and held him back from finishing his goal. That conversation that they had there where he revealed, oh, actually, I'm doing this to save my world and your world's at threat too, and here's the reasons why. that conversation had happened several episodes ago, this could have been wrapped up and done by now, but it's one of those superhero show contrivances. If that happens and then it's wrapped up, and the credits roll super early and you get that with lots of films and tv shows where it's two characters have a conversation and go well that's fine then and then the credits roll instead of the two sides fighting it was also the fact that because when he had went through the tunnel he had got all warped and zombified and everything like that so he looks like a threat when he comes through as well if he had come through all clean cut
0: that was before that it's because he was a drug addict in his own universal
1: oh yes 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 it was the drug addict thing sorry i completely forgot that's me misremembering because of all that he looks like a villain when he comes through <laughs> as well
0: yeah but clark of all people should be less discerning when it comes to judging people on physical appearance he is defining himself by his actions he's going around murdering people and it seems initially indiscriminately because they don't understand the connection until they do and then it's okay we'll capture him and throw him in the cell in the fortress and then his mother's ai can reverse the speech and make it work so they can talk Mm. I the interaction with Tal where we're really close on my Earth and you have a wife and he's like, oh, okay, who is this wife if I was to potentially go look her up on this Earth? I like that little <laughs> touch. But I think they could have done much more with the Bizarro because they could have done, the, like I say, the corrupted mirror of Superman, the corrupted mirror of his values, as in they're not complete opposites. It's not as simple as that because they are ultimately after the same thing. It's just the way that they've justified going about it is different. And then you get a little bit of insight in the Bizarro World episode as to why he's like that. So there's no Clark in his world. He's just Khalel. and that's it. He has no civilian identity, but he still has the family and the family don't like him because he's more concerned with fame and fortune or whatever. And they resent him for that. And that's what ends up tumbling Bizarro Jonathan into Ali's clutches there was a lot more they could have done with that it would have required bizarro hanging around a little bit longer rather than a few episodes of he's just going to shot and try and kill someone clark will show up they fight there's a weird energy that's trying to combine them and then they get partied by something
1: yeah something blows up in the middle and the two of them separate out it's interesting you talked about the episode where you get the look into the bizarro world and i suppose that plays into a bit of what we were talking about earlier on about identity because in that world they are celebrities yeah They are superhero celebrities. And it has become about the fame and the publicity and the merch and the films and the red carpets and the attention and all that. And you get that. I'm trying to remember because it was a scene where there's a building on fire, but he's too busy doing a press conference or something. There's no interest in doing that. It's minor stuff. I don't need to deal with that.
0: That's when Bizarro Jonathan's powers manifest. Mm. Yeah, we're going to be a father-son duo. He ends up just calling him John L in that universe does he doesn't get his own identity it's always under that shadow again it's a skewed version of the problem that our jonathan's encountering feeling like he's living under the shadow of more accomplished family members whereas this other jonathan is actively being placed in the shadow of more accomplished family members
1: oh definitely
0: that's what i mean by it's more skewed rather than it being opposite and i think it would have been really easy to boil it down to they're just opposites there's nothing more to it than that but it's not it's a perversion it's a corruption it's a different setup but you can see the linkages in them because there's some core element of these people that is similar enough. It's just that they're skewed in different directions. So I found that really interesting. And then you don't see very much of Bizarro Jordan.
1: No, you get a little short bit of him, but you don't get much. I'm guessing, again, from the skewed perspective, it's the thing for Jonathan and Jordan, isn't it? It's the one with powers, the one without.
0: Yeah, and then... They get to fight. Jonathan and Jordan get to fight, but one of them's a Bizarro and the other isn't, obviously. Bizarro Lois, you don't really see much about her other than she's a bit strung out by the whole suffocating presence that is Clark, just with all the expectations. Again, that's a bit of an askew version of her relationship with Clark in the main universe, as in there's the pressure of keeping the secret, but that's a pressure she puts on herself, whereas there's pressures that Bizarro Superman puts on Bizarro Lois, so it's interesting it doesn't really work when she just turns up to the the non-bizarro universe bizarro lois she turns up at the kent farm and then they do nothing after that she just stands around
1: she stands around talking in reverse every once in a while yeah looking concerned
0: <laughs> it's funny how quickly clark managed to adjust to speaking backwards when he went to the bizarro world
1: he's a fast learner <laughs>
0: yeah but it starts off with him speaking from their perspective in reverse and then he does a bit of a double take and oh yeah and
1: then he's nailed it immediately Which again makes you think, why did Bizarro version not there anyway? Yeah, why doesn't he adapt as quick? I don't know, he's brain fried from all the drugs, let's go with that. Yeah,
0: that was part of the problem with this plot though. I think there was not enough time spent on it. For example, Ali was a really bad antagonist because she wasn't anything other than being an antagonist. The idea was that people were under her thrall, but you didn't really get a sense of who she was. Which meant that when she merges with the other Ali, you don't notice a difference you don't know what the other alley's like. You don't know what this alley's like. So you don't know combined what does that do to them? I don't know.
1: I mean, the whole alley plot. Thing I just didn't enjoy because I couldn't work out what she was actually trying to achieve and I get that was part of the plot was that no one knew what her grand plan scheme thing was but as a viewer I was just like I don't know what the threat is here I don't know what the again power levels and all that business I'm like I don't know they keep going oh well once she merges with her other self she'll have godlike abilities <laughs> and you're like okay that includes What? (laughs) What's she going to be doing with her godlike abilities? And people all merge and be overwritten by the other universe. And I'm like, okay. It doesn't seem like a meeting of the two minds. It seems like one is going to be superior to the other and that's going to be the bizarro world version? I don't know.
0: What's more, they become complete.
1: They become complete. They're going to have their other half.
0: Because she was preying on people that felt isolated or incomplete Mm. in some way. That's how she got a hold of Lucy. Who's supposed to be the case study for this that isn't strong enough case study
1: the impression i got is that she had the ability to show people how successful that other self was and then they would want to be their other self or they would want to merge with that other successful them that person that had it all together but what i couldn't figure out was how does Ali know that that person that's a stray in this universe is not a stray in the other universe. I guess because it's meant to be sort of opposite worlds. So in theory if you're finding someone that's a stray in this world you're going to go to them and you're going to see that they're super successful and got the family life and everything that they dream of on the other side. I don't know. I didn't quite get what the draw was and it seemed that the alley in the other world had a far bigger following and more successful time of it than she did. I just didn't quite get what was trying to be accomplished and what she was aiming to achieve by the end of it. With a lot of these villain plots, you're going, okay, so you want everyone to be whole like you, but not through choice. You just want to merge everyone to be complete because then you'll have godlike power for reasons. But the other people that merge will not have godlike power for reasons.
0: Yeah, the non-bizarro alley had a relatively small following, a dedicated following for sure, but a small one. She, she was a cult leader and then obviously it's for dramatic convenience, but it is just weird that oh yeah, this story that Lois wrote years ago suddenly coming back in a really big way, just at the same time that Bizarro mm-hmm. is crashing through from another world. Is it possible that maybe Ali's doubled her efforts because the portal opens and it makes it more possible to interact with the other world or see the other world, whereas that was not necessarily possible before? But it started off with... What Lois was dealing with not actually seeming like it was connected to the Bizarro plot in any way. It seemed to be more of a bit of tension to exist between her and Chrissy. This story, you didn't research it thoroughly enough and now it's coming back on me. And then it turns out it's connected to all of this. And it's an excuse to bring Lucy in. And we'll talk about Lucy because she's one of the major differences from what we've seen of that character before over on Supergirl. Not as major as being played by a different actor, mind you, but major difference. Yeah, I didn't really understand what she was trying to... Broadly achieved. The whole idea of promising people that they can become complete beings by emerging with themselves from some other world somewhere. It makes sense as a temptation, I suppose. Although that's going to be a difficult pill for people to swallow, especially if Superman's the only superhero that exists in this universe. They might know he's used to weird stuff as they are in the Arrowverse. So I guess preying on people who are vulnerable and looking to find some sense of belonging makes sense, because that's why cults work. That's why people get sucked in, because there's a gap in their life, or the perceived gap in their life, that they need filled. And then suddenly you have this person that comes and offers to fill that, and all they need is your complete loyalty, every penny you own, and you sign a contract that says that you effectively belong to them or whatever i don't know what the various cults are but (laughs) the one that came to my mind through this was the nexium cult because that's related to smallville the tv show not the place and i don't know if you know what the nexium cult is but that's the one that Alan mack was in who played chloe in smallville if you have ever listened to michael rosenbaum's podcast inside of you. It's come up a few times. I don't know in what specific episodes, so I'll just link his podcast in the show notes and you can pick through it. He does interview someone that escaped it. I forget her name, but there's one episode where he talks to her. Really interesting insight into how she ended up in it. Because it's easy for us to look on the outside and be like, ah, you would never get sucked in by a cult. In the same way that you'd say, you would never fall for a scam. Well, you might. They just have to catch it at the wrong moment. And then suddenly words become more persuasive or things that they say or the way that they say things suddenly becomes more persuasive. So you can understand why people would maybe fall under that spell. For want of a better word, it's not a real spell, but it's persuasion. That's what it is. And then they turned that into, oh no, she can actually do this. Which actually means that she's not full of crap. She can actually deliver what she's promising. She forces Chrissy into that near-death drug trip experience. And she says she sees the other world. And Lucy talked about seeing the other self, but that was before you knew there was a connection. And when Lucy says it, you're just like, did you though? Or did you convince yourself of being able to see that? And that was the open question, but no, she probably did. Which made it more annoying when Bizarro Lucy didn't show up in the Bizarro episode. Mm. I wonder what she's up to. Why is her life way better than yours? As you said, is everybody who got suckered in know that their counterpart is living a better life? Because there'll be people that aren't. You merge with someone, it's like, well, they're way worse off than I am. In which case, the bizarro version of you is the aspirational one, I suppose. They're the one that wants to be you.
1: Yeah, so it actually turns out I'm the better half. <laughs> yeah.
0: My life sucks and I'm the better half? Oh, God. Yeah. Have no hope. It was all over the place because they didn't really give you a true sense of who Ali was. And then, as I said, when they merged, it wasn't a sense of how they had changed because you didn't know what either of them were like before, really. Although I did like at the end of the season when Lois asked, did you ever feel complete? And they said for a second, it wasn't for very long. But why did you continue with your plan then if you knew it was all lies?
1: I don't know. We started. <laughs> we can't stop now. It started so we thought, finish it off, yeah.
0: We're going to resign the entirety of Two Worlds to Misery because they know that this doesn't answer their problems as well. So it's almost like Ali fell for her own lies, fell for her own deception, which doesn't make sense. Mm. Because you would think that I'm complete and that's why I'm telling you how to be complete. So it would almost have made more sense if she'd already merged, I guess,
1: when she was introduced. I guess, but they had to have something that they were holding off, didn't they? Because otherwise she would have been too powerful too early. She's a threat that can be easily dealt with at the beginning. She's just a woman. She's not got. Godlike abilities of whatever the godlike abilities were at the beginning. It just needed some extra elements in there. I'm not 100% sure how to put my finger on it. But it just seemed to be lacking for me in purpose and I didn't quite understand if it had been swapping people, it was the two planets colliding in towards each other and all that sort of stuff going on as well and objects are going to swap round. It wasn't just transference of people, it's the objects. I think it almost needed uh, what was in it for Ali at the end and that's what i couldn't quite think is like once you're complete what's in it for you to get the rest of the world to be complete like you
0: yeah are you going to have better godlike powers than everyone else
1: yeah well you don't really get the impression that other folk have merged because everyone else has been stopped individually merging and then when it came to the two worlds colliding people were swapping locations but they weren't merging i didn't see anyone merge. i don't know about you but all i was seeing was lois and that ended up on the other world for a little bit and then they would flip back around again but there wasn't a people smashing together thing there were random objects changing to square screens and round screens and all that sort of business was going on
0: i guess it never got that far for any merging to actually start happening
1: yeah but it just seemed like an odd symptom of the thing was that the worlds were filming. I guess maybe it's visually more interesting, which is maybe why they went down that route to show it in that visual way where things are starting to swap around rather than just having random people merging because then you would need to have random people unmerging and being split. And you showed later in the episode, the force that it took to split Ali apart. So you couldn't do that for every person on earth. It would need to be another mass hit to do it. Well, that was part of my problem with the
0: final episode because I didn't get a sense of how long they had to solve the problem. It just seemed like something was happening and there was no, oh no, we only have five hours left until the merging's complete or whatever. And as you alluded to, it might have dialed up the urgency a bit to see people just randomly merging as this was going on and then you have to pull them apart later. And then you have, a, I guess, a psychological problem the next season about, I was combined with someone else for a while. That was weird, and we have to deal with that now. But it seemed like the threat was divorced from the stakes they were trying to establish. I didn't feel the urgency of this problem it's not that we have to solve this right the hell now because otherwise there's no turning back we're this close to the point of no return you never really get that you know an armageddon where it's like if the asteroid crosses this line we're screwed
1: yeah once this bar goes from zero to 100 percent we're humped once the countdown reaches zero we're done i mean the only thing you were getting was the visual cue of the two worlds getting closer together but even that just seemed like an odd way of visualising what Ali had been describing. Because she had been describing more a merging of the people rather than a merging of the worlds.
0: I guess her plan was forced to escalate when Superman intervened, I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe when the pendants were lost, her new plan became smash the worlds together. Maybe you're right. Which is why I'm coming back to the idea of maybe
0: start the season or introduce her as having already merged because even though she has that godlike power she doesn't need to deploy it all right away because then her plan could just be i just want to merge these people that
1: are loyal to me or it could be she's only recently merged and building her power yeah you can do anything or you tie it into the number of followers that she's got she needs more followers to do more weird stuff so that she's powered up
0: yeah and then they could have done more of that maybe her influence on both worlds grows at the same rate or a similar rate I don't know it seems the other world is way further along in their indoctrination than ours is because everyone seems to be supporting her she seems to be in a massive position of power and there's not many detractors yeah it was just a bit weak in almost all respects because it was difficult to latch on to what the whole point of it was and then when it was the whole right, I'm just going to smash the world together I'm usually against a bit of a ticking clock because it's a bit of a trope but it does give you an idea of how long they've got and how urgent the situation is because otherwise it's just yeah we're just cutting about the TV changes position sometimes. I don't know. It's inconvenient right now. Clark doesn't have powers. That's a problem. We need to figure out how to deal with that at some point. <laughs> That's a separate issue, or it's the same issue. But it just isn't as well-developed as it needs to be. And it's it's one of those impossibly high-stakes things as well, isn't it? Or it becomes that. The idea of a cult leader drawing people into her sphere is an interesting story to tell. And I do wonder if they were inspired by this Nexium cult that Alison Mack was in, because it does seem awfully convenient that smallville and that connection there it seems to be that the writers might have taken something from that i don't know maybe they didn't but let's just assume they did because it's more fun to see them influenced by the real world in that way i guess you could have had people in smallville drawn to her because of this recession economic decline that i've talked about that they didn't really show much of so she could have been indoctrinating people that lived in smallville perhaps candace's father perhaps jonathan's a bit interested i don't know you could explore it
1: yeah, that's a good point, actually. Smallville seems to be full of people that are down on their luck, especially after all the recent problems, so maybe that would drive her cult into town to recruit. It's like, oh, these people are down on their luck, well, that's fresh pickings for me, kind of thing. Yeah, It's a
0: bit similar to last season. We're all ready to trust Morgan Edge, now this cult leader. Smallville just rallies behind whoever promises them better things very quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But she's attacking people on more of a personal level. You want to be complete whatever that means. And she doesn't know what it means either, which is the problem. And then the nugget of something interesting came from the fact that she didn't feel it completely when that happened. She only felt it for a sp- or they only felt it for a split second when the merging process was happening. And then afterwards it was, still feels wrong and I'm just going to do this anyway. gonna force this on everybody for no reason because we've started it. We're too deep in to turn back now. That in itself is an interesting, not motivation, counter-motivation Although the fact that it was Lois that was asking that question, I found a bit weird. It seemed a bit out of place because the way that it was phrased was as if she was feeling incomplete and wondering if there was something to this, then it doesn't amount to anything. She doesn't follow up on it.
1: I don't know. It just seemed like a button to me to show that Ali was alive. You get that interesting bit of information out there where it's, oh, I didn't feel complete or we only felt complete for the second and then it went back to normal. But it just seemed like a thing of, oh no, Ali's still there. There's two alleys now. They're both on this earth. They're both in lockup to spend time together. They didn't die as a result of what happened. Yes,
0: they get to hold hands and it's obviously not a bad idea to put them in the same cell. That seems fine. That seems like it won't be a problem. Yeah,
1: yeah there's <laughs> no way that can go wrong in future.
0: It was just the way Lois phrased that. It just seemed like, she having doubts about herself? And then when I thought about the scene, the only thing i could think of because there was no follow-up to it is that the scene was originally written to have lucy in it rather than lois
1: oh potentially yeah
0: because if you put lucy in that situation it makes total sense she turns around to the two alleys and says did you feel complete and they say no and then that snaps her out of any hope of that being a viable life choice because well the person running the cult was full of crap so i guess i have to find some other way to solve this problem Mm. you put lucy in that scene it works but with Lewis in it, it doesn't work because that implies that there's something she's missing in her life. But you see no other sense of that anywhere else.
1: Yeah, and then it would have led on quite nicely to the scene then with Lucy, Lewis, and Sam yeah, later on. Yeah, which
0: made me wonder why it wasn't Lucy in that scene because she's already in the episode.
1: <laughs> doesn't make sense.
0: But it was weird how intermittently Lucy appeared in the season. And she is very different to when we last saw her, which was in Supergirl where she was interim head of the DEO for a little while, remember?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: When Jean was slinking off after he was outed as an alien and he was in hiding and Lucy took over the DEO for a little while. and That was after working at CatCo for a little while. So she seemed to have some weird transferable skills. (laughs) (laughs) Even in that show, there was the element of being hung up on the fact that she isn't Lois. Lois is the successful sister and she seems to be feeding on scraps, that kind of element. And they bring that up here quite significantly. She talks about all the things she's lost. She mentions losing her fiancé, which you imagine is Jimmy, because at that point we still think it's in the Arrowverse, even though it now isn't. And then they open up about the whole Lois taking on the mother figure role, even though she was too young to do that, and Lucy always feeling like a hindrance to Lois's life. And Lois, to an extent, feeling like Lucy's a hindrance to her life, but also Lois talks about the fact that if it wasn't for Lucy, she would have had no purpose. She would have crumbled because she saw looking after her even though she didn't do it very well as being that thing she was holding on to keeping her going after their mother disappeared that's all they ever say she just left so that'll get picked up next season or whenever the mother will return at some point i imagine
1: yeah the fact they've said the mother went missing not that the mother died or anything like that just wandered off you can imagine that's going to be a surprise return at some point. yeah what
0: superman villain will she be connected to there's your question (laughs) that's what it'll end up being or it might just be a sweet little family story and then you have sam acknowledging the fact that he had no idea what to do with two young girls when he was a single dad and he threw himself into the military work and then tried to manage the family like it was a unit within a, a military structure and that didn't work either and lucy is like jonathan she feels like she's in the shadows of greatness and she can't ever define who she is And that's what drew her to Ali. And then you have the pseudo betrayal that she did. And I think my favourite episode with her in it was where she was sitting down to dinner with the Kents and she was talking to Jonathan about football. And it's like, yeah, this seems really normal. And then they had to really hope that Aunt Lucy will be around more. I have to talk about, actually, you mentioned earlier that some of the stylistic choices went away. Did you notice in the final episode when Lucy was driving off with Sam, that was almost identical to the shot of Sarah, I think it was, driving away in the pilot
1: episode? that's true yeah i did notice that they had done the thing on the bumper driving away yeah
0: we have the camera rig we'll use it again
1: yeah i was trying to work out if they had just photoshopped some people in (laughs) and just replaced but yeah it was a similar shot to driving away because you've got that big farm that they use for the exterior shots so they can do those big sort of drive shots like that where a lot of the other shows they're on way more confined sets and locations because they've only paid to close one street or one Junction, so they could only film around there. Whereas with that big open space, they're able to do a lot more.
0: Yeah. So, what did you think of the usage of Lucy in the season when she appeared and how she connected to Lois and Sam?
1: I thought it was interesting because it gives a reason for the family to be more personally invested in what's going on and a reason for them to be digging more into this cult, this thing that's going on, despite the fact they don't know it's tied to the main story at that point or at least at the very, very beginning, we don't know it's tied to the main story. And it gives a bit of personal stakes to it. It's not that Ali's going to be transferring the consciousness or merging or diverting the minds of this random bunch of cultists. It's actually one of our family members is tied up on this as well and is trying to take Lois down, destroying her credibility, and is basically turning against her. I thought the resolution and the fact that they were by the end of the season being pretty open with each other about what had happened and how they had all struggled through that time. I thought it was a scene that was done really, really well. I thought it was well acted. I didn't have too many problems with her being involved. The thing with these shows sometimes is it's a bit of the, oh, of course your sister's in that cult. (laughs) Your sister wouldn't be in any of the other cults. She's picked the one you did a story on. That's why she did the story initially. That's internally consistent yeah 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 of course that's why you've looked at it originally but you got to see that little scene of how she got recruited as well in the bookshop when she signed up and
0: oh that scene was awful though the dialogue and it was awful
1: the dialogue was as clunky as hell it was that oh lane oh you must be related to <laughs> yeah because no one else has got the surname lane and uh in
0: relation to lois lane it's like yes unfortunately it's like Oh, well, it must be really tough being the sister of lois lane yeah it turns out it is would you like to join my cult yeah sure i'll come i've oversimplified it there but i remember watching that scene and sitting there thinking my god i could have used a few more passes could they not have just had some idle chit chat before it no we have two minutes the scene is two minutes this is the information we need
1: to keep yeah by the end of this scene, she's in a cult. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like, yeah, I don't need to see the flashback because you've already established why she's in the cult. You've already established why she feels the way she does or the way she feels. So you don't really need to see her explain that to Ali. You can fill in the blanks yourself. And I think that's a problem that the CW shows do with flashbacks, actually. They give you a flashback and it just tells you what you already know rather than digging a bit deeper and showing you something else to it. You could have done a protracted flashback episode where... Lucy doesn't want to join it. She has to really be convinced and that shows you how persuasive Ali can be rather than it all happened within a single conversation.
1: It wasn't quite wrapped up by the end of that conversation, was it? It was, we should have dinner or we should chat later or something along those lines. It didn't go straight to, and now you're in my cult. But yeah, it was a bit too convenient.
0: Yeah, I did like how they managed to resolve the, by getting things out in the pen when Lucy got handcuffed to Sam and then they just were forced to have a conversation. (laughs) And they were all very open about their mistakes and things like that, and that was one of the interesting things about Sam this season, just reassessing his early life, and or earlier life. He did that to an extent with Lois last season, where he understood his mistakes, the mistakes he made with her, and then it takes it a step further with Lucy. But also, I feel like they could have had Lucy be a bigger part of the season, because she dips in and out. She only shows up when someone needs to cause a problem.
1: See, I think that's one of the things that we're picking up from this season, though, is that there's lots of different threads and stories, but they're not all necessarily given the time. We've already said that if we had our way, we'd already have more of Natalie, we'd already have more for Jonathan to do, or we want extended scenes of XYZ or plot lines with Anderson and all that sort of stuff that we're wanting to add to the season. And they just don't have enough time to do it. It's either that they're taking on too much at the beginning, or you've got an extra family in the Cushings that you're covering. So you're not just focusing on the Kents. You've got the Cushings as well and you've got John and Natalie that you're focusing on, and you've got this that you're trying to do, and you're trying to juggle all of them at once, and it's just maybe slightly too much for them to try and hold it. Yeah,
0: and I think some of it might have been Jenna Dewan's availability as well. Because mm. I feel like they would have used her more if they had her more.
1: I think you probably raised it right with that scene with the two alleys, so that maybe she was supposed to be in that. Maybe they've had a limited time, so they've had to pick and choose which scenes that she was able to be in, and... maybe only had her for a couple of shooting days and filmed some stuff out of sequence as well as the potential when they've realised that they want that extra scene or that extra button that they're not able to get Yeah. although they could have recast Lucy because they recast Sam
0: (laughs) we had an actor for him and Supergirl wasn't (laughs) the same guy
1: yeah but we've talked before that the CW and the Arrowverse sort of stuff they have some favourite actors and things where if they enjoy working with them they'll try and fit them into other bits and pieces and maybe that is the case with this is like oh well we don't want to recast because we like the person so we'll try and work around it instead of doing the recast thing like you say it's a bit of an odd choice
0: what could be with the sam recast glenn morshower they couldn't sign up for a series regular whereas dylan neal they could if that is his name i think it is his name but it it was good seeing jenna doana back even if it was unrecognizable as the character we'd seen before Mm. she was good in supergirl but she was very very different speaking of someone that was recast not morgan edge but Tal. We have to call him Tal now because there's no Morgan Edge veneer anymore, is there? He's just Tal Rowe or just Tal. I actually liked what they did with him in this season. Although I said in my reviews that they're trying to set him up on a redemptive path or certainly to have Clark accept him as a brother because he's starved for that. And that's what Tal wants as well. He was never shy about that. But in order to make that work, make him a character that we can root for, they had to completely change who he was. (laughs) I like this version better. So I was okay with it. I was happy to accept it because this more fun-loving, jovial, quippy, sarcastic, half-brother type, I liked it. I think that was a way better fit than what he was last season.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying. It is a different character. It's one of those Arrowverse things where you either die a villain or you live long enough to see yourself becoming the quippy side (laughs) character. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is the way that they work. The
0: Slade Wilson effect. Yes.
1: Yes. Oh you've lived. Okay, well now here comes your redemptive arc. You're about to do quippy things and, and nonsense. At some point the hero will
0: need you and then you'll become friends in the process.
1: Yeah, you'll become reluctant friends, or they'll reluctantly let you go and drift into the distance to live out your life and not bother them again, or there's so many different ones that we've seen across time. No one will ever live up to Damien Dark. That <laughs> From that. <laughs> who can outdo mcdonough just gotta get that in there well
0: now that it's not in the Arrowverse, we could have our version of damien dark in this show
1: he could live again yes excellent bring on mcdonough superman's weak against magic he is weak against magic he could do it he's available i liked what they did with him again you've just got to take the fact that this character is different or has had quite a reformative experience in Military prison that episode where they had the two of them locked together for a chat and okay reluctantly we're going to work together so that you can get out and curse your inevitable betrayal <laughs> oh it turns out like you do have powers of course you yeah. do. <laughs> I found it interesting what they did so yeah I didn't mind it too much I'm just wary that we've got okay so Morgan Edge's towel is still about we've now got two alleys. Still floating about. They're not really dispensing of the villains much. They're collecting them. It's always interesting to see what they do with that.
0: Tal seems to be stuck on Bizarro Earth now, though.
1: Is he stuck, or is it back and forwards that he can do? Or I don't
0: know. They sealed the portal, so it seems like he ended up on the other Earth, and then that was him. And he's going to make the best of it. I love it when he walks into the bar and he's like, "Hello, Weird Smallville." Everyone just looks at him. And when he buys the twins, the trucks.
1: Yes, I did like these two ridiculous trucks starting up. You saved my life, so I've bought you both these ridiculous trucks and Clark instantly being like, no, 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 no. Dad, look
0: at the sound system. That's a holographic display and it's like, you're not keeping them. They're already driving them practically at that.
1: And he's sort of shouting into the distance because he knows they can be heard as well, where he's going, it's very irresponsible of your uncle to buy you these. But he's on another Earth and can't answer
0: for it. When did
1: he set that up then? Just before I go to other Earth.
0: Apparently when the worlds were merging, there was still a dealership open that were taking online orders or something i don't know
1: yeah he went and signed them up and sent them over
0: so that was a really funny development you have to do a few leaps to get there but i did sort of buy it i really liked when lois walks in and sees him and he has the flowers and he's like i'm really sorry <laughs> this is time for a fresh start <laughs> kind of thing the way they did that was pretty good and it was him being the guy with powers when clark didn't have any powers
1: yeah the fact he was willing to step up and try and stop and the line of she took me out When I was at partial strength, you are only at partial strength. You're going to go as well. But he said he had to try and he went out and did it. It was the sort of redemptive circle thing that was happening. Yeah, when
0: they're fighting the volcano. Hmm. We need to destroy the pendant in a volcano for some reason. And then Ali shows up and then Tal disappears. But then he shows up later. It's fine. He's not just a complete coward or not just looking for the opportunity to escape. He was good fun. I think the actor felt more at home in the role than he did last season because he got to have a bit more fun with it.
1: Yeah, in the last season he was trying to hide everything and he was playing sort of two characters in one, I guess, and always had to be Mr. Shifty, no matter what was going on. I guess they were trying to play more on the lines of through the whole thing, he wanted a brother. I genuinely did want a brother, and all that was getting played out last season, and I think I probably went on the podcast last season and said, I don't buy it. (laughs) There's a lot easier ways to introduce yourself. You don't introduce yourself and try and get your brother when you've started the end of the world plot. You maybe dip into the I want to be your brother bit before then. That seems like a bit of an impasse. There's a lot of, okay, let's assume that some legwork's happened over the three months between what we've seen and a bit of a retrospective. He seems to be picking himself to pieces over what his actual plan was by the end of it. Plus he was under the influence of his evil ai punishing and all that sort of stuff
0: yeah so it's something you can almost buy into and i think the fact that the actor's so engaging really helps with that oh, why wasn't he just this guy all the time because this is way better than whatever you were doing last season the payoff of clark telling them he loves him and all that kind of stuff is okay bit of a stretch here but fine i'll take it the fact that they're having this conversation in space
1: <laughs> I wondered if you were going to bring this up. Uh, that's on my note. In space, no one can hear you speak, is what I had written down. <laughs> it's not only that. Clark has no powers, but he's in space. Clark is powerless. He's like a normal human, apart from the fact that you just took him into space. And standing pretty close to the sun. He is very close to the sun at this point. He's going to be melty. I feel melty, and I'm not close to the sun, so... <laughs> If he's normal human by this point, then yeah, he's by it
0: somewhat undercuts the emotion of the brotherly reunion, the brotherly acceptance when they're talking in outer space.
1: Because speech is your vocal cords moving the air to produce sound. So the vocal cords will move but there's no air for them to push so their Kryptonian's able to hear those vibrations, but then at that point clark doesn't have powers anyway so he's null in void. i would have preferred if tal takes him up in a spacesuit you have clark at that point is in a spacesuit and then he gets flung into the sun yeah <laughs> do something like that to him he's not going to survive in space so i've put him into a spacesuit and flown him out to the sun and then i'm going to flow him but even then he's going to burn up pretty quick in a spacesuit as well yeah they
0: were way close
1: to the sun they were very 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 close to the sun it's fake science so who knows?
0: Well, it was funny The you just had to charge yourself up from the sun when you were the eradicator. And he was like, yeah, but that took weeks.
1: <laughs> we don't have that kind of time. That took weeks and I orbited the sun. I didn't go in for a swim.
0: We don't have that kind of time, we assume. I don't know. I have no idea how long this is yeah, going to take. Know. Okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to throw me into the sun. Hmm. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what our mother was going to say. The hologram of our mother was going to say. You're pretty sure?
1: Okay. Pretty sure she was going to say, my son, what you need to do is fly into the sun.
0: I get why they did it. It's that whole idea of the sun is a source of power, so it's fair enough to do that. But the thing that bothered me about it was there was no consequences to it. And I don't know if you're aware of the all-star Superman comic slash animated movie. No. Well, in that story, what happens is he doesn't even go into the sun. He's just pretty close to it. Probably about as close as Clark and Tal are before he gets thrown in, actually. But what happens is he absorbs a massive burst of solar energy and then it just starts killing them. Okay. So he, he has a bit of a terminal illness, in a way. But he gets massively overpowered for quite a while until he gets to the point where he's going to die. So I thought they were going to at least hint at that at the end of the season, but they didn't. Which doesn't mean that they won't bring it up next season, but I feel like it would have been something that they should have hinted at. Instead, he's just uber-powered and... I guess he burns it off while he's separating the worlds and it's quite an unsatisfying ending because he flies into the sun, he gets uber he flies around the two Earths for a while, separates them and then that's it. Again, it's not that emotional payoff really.
1: Well, he does the thing where he goes to Ali and Ali tries to soak up all the power that he's gained and it's too much for her it's like uh overfilling the battery kind of thing so i don't know maybe some of that would play into that he wasn't overpowered for that long maybe that would stop this illness thing i don't know like i said i've not read that run so maybe that would be their excuse to get around that but it's potentially something that could play into the season but like you say, it would have been good for him to have something that maybe showed that something wasn't right at the end there. The flying round there made me think of the trying to turn back time scene, <laughs> the, the turning back of time in the, in the movies. That's all I was thinking about when I was it. I was like, is he reversing time at this point? Was, is, is this going to be like everything that happened up to a certain point is getting <laughs> erased? That's where I thought this was going.
0: It just seemed like a bit of a neat conclusion, I suppose, because it just happens and then there's no problems. On the back of it, there's nothing to be learned, nothing to be gained. It's just, yeah, we did this. It's almost like the writers wrote themselves in a corner and they thought, oh, we're going to get ourselves out of this. We've depowered Clark. We know that something they did once every couple of weeks on Supergirl to the point where she wasn't bothered when she was depowered anymore. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll solve this some other way. They even did it a few times in this season.
0: It was only that once that he was depowered, but he was away another point well he gets depowered when he's exposed to the red sun radiation i suppose
1: yeah when he goes into prison and the first thing and then he's on reduced power when he's in bizarro world because it's the wrong type of sun then he's fully depowered and not restoring his power after ali so that's a more severe one because that's like a more permanent hit rather than someone's doing this to me actively at the time
0: and they were clear on you'll get your powers back eventually probably it'll just take a while time we don't have to spend on this that kind of thing It just seemed a bit, like I said, neat. It was just nothing, really. Sometimes you can tell when writers feel like they've written themselves into our corners. We've made the stakes so impossibly high, we just have to come up with something ridiculous to resolve it, which is basically every finale The Flash has at this
1: point. Yeah, we've talked about it so many times with the Arrowverse shows where they spend so long making the villain super powerful that There's just nothing they can do. They either need to make the villain suddenly make a really stupid blunder that sets them off their path and ends up with an issue or they need to make the hero then super powerful for a second just to deal with this one issue and normally using some sort of method that they will never deploy (laughs) ever again.
0: But what did you think of the conclusion where Clark was like, I'm going to build a new fortress this time in the middle of the ocean for some reason. This is for all of us though. Why did you make it so hard to get to then? It's actually harder to get to than the other one, probably.
1: Yeah, the one in the desert, at least you could get to over land. So (laughs) this one in the middle of the sea. I mean, all I was thinking is he's going to really piss off Aquaman. So maybe that's for the next season.
0: But there's no problem. There is no Aquaman. It's fine. No one else
1: exists in this universe. There is no Aquaman. Until you annoy Aquaman, (laughs) there is Aquaman. I was wondering what they were doing out in the boat and I thought it was going to be like it's a family fishing trip or something with Sam. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought it was going to be going to at one point. But no, though he's planting a new fortress in the middle of the sea. Where
0: Jonathan gets to make weapons or something, that's where they might be going with him.
1: Yeah, there's Kryptonian technology inside that we might be able to do something for you in there which leaves them open to basically write whatever they want. It's either going to be Kryptonian fighting suits in the style of what John and Natalie are got, or it's going to be something that temporarily gives them powers when he's wearing it, or there'll be some sort of thing in there. But yeah, like you say, it's like, I'm going to put it somewhere so that we could all enjoy this (laughs) fortress. I'm going to put it in international shipping. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you want to come out here, You have to find a boat and go out several miles into sea, I imagine. Several miles into the middle of the Atlantic so that no one can find it, because otherwise it's not going to be a very good Fortress of Solitude, because everyone will be able to see it. Are the other two still there? One was destroyed, wasn't it? I thought the frozen one was destroyed. Then there was the one in the desert. It was meant to be in the desert in Nevada, near the Grand Canyon or whatnot. So I don't know, when he takes the crystal out, does it dismantle?
0: Was the Arctic one destroyed? Is that not where they were in the final episode, or the episode before
1: the final episode? Do you know what? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I thought when they were consulting stuff, they were always doing it in the other one because it had an AI. Because mm. Tal destroyed the crystal in the other one, didn't he? Yeah, but it was still there, because Bizarro went there. Oh, that's true. Bizarro went there. Okay, maybe it is still standing. Okay, so now there's three. Yeah.
0: wonder what the US military will think of that. There's bloody three of these things there. But I guess they can't detect them.
1: Yes, they're just sitting in international waters now so it's fine
0: unless you go look at it like there it is <laughs> right there jonathan potentially picking up kryptonine guns or whatever was sort of set up last season that's when john starts hanging around with him he goes and sees if he can go work with john on something
1: yeah and he was interested in the suit and they were showing that aspect that he was interested in how to become more powerful to help out because he doesn't want to be vulnerable like everyone else and that's when he has the good conversation with Lois in the last season about how she managed to cope with being the one that's in fret all the time in comparison to Clark. So they've shown him being interested in that. I thought they were going to go down the line of him ending up with a suit because you've got Natalie introduces him to the suit in the first place. You know, you can have this kind of thing. You're going to need this for when your evil twin shows up. Yeah, you're going to need this so that you can fight. And now, actually, she's using that suit and Clark's going to introduce him to something that does something which the writers themselves have probably not decided yet probably or maybe they have now that they're writing season three but i imagine at the point where they wrote that line they were probably like and yeah that's someone else's problem for another day (laughs) we're off (laughs) (laughs) i hope i don't need to write that episode anyway bye
0: (laughs) let's get to the thing that we've been referencing throughout let's address it head on it's almost like what they were doing in the show failing to address it head on until they did but we find out in the final episode of this season through another clunky dialogue delivery that this show is in fact not in the Arrowverse and it's delivered through Sam saying in the DoD I've seen some weird stuff like other worlds and other worlds have a league of heroes or leagues of heroes and this one doesn't this one just has Superman but don't worry he's the best of them he has to be because he's the only one So what did you think of the sudden reveal that we're not in the Arrowverse with this show?
1: I mean, they've been kind of slowly building to this reveal for the last two seasons, haven't they? The fact that everything's been very disconnected and I think we said it in the last season wrap-up as well and when me and you've been talking outside of podcast land we've been saying it's like there's no way this can be inside with everyone else because there's just too much going on for no one else to be involved and for them not to throw in the usual line of what about barry oh he's <laughs> off doing blah blah there was always those throwaways of oh well why aren't we asking the legends or cisco sent us this gizmo that does blah blah to help us with the thingy there was all that sort of stuff going on in the other shows
0: superman's gone wrong quick phone Kara. she
1: can help yeah call Kara. she'll assist or do you know what Kara should really know the fact that i've got a brother that i didn't know about <laughs> That kind of stuff. In the last season, you're like, yeah, there should be conversations or something going on. The thing is, even in this final episode, there was kind of a weird line where Clark said something about turning up in a world that he didn't know or didn't understand. And I thought that was almost a reference to the fact that when he turned up, he suddenly had twins. (laughs) There was a weird line in there and I was like, hang on, did they just hint at that? But then by the end of the episode, they're going, oh, actually, yeah, there's no one else here. I wish they had just got on and told us that at the beginning. From what I've read, it's like it wasn't our decision to make sort of thing. We had to work very hard to get permission to basically just say, yeah, we're not part of that so that we could do our own thing. It's an interesting choice. I think it's fine for them to do it, to be honest, because I think it allows them a bit more freedom, and it means that they're not constantly walking on eggshells, not that it seems that they were anyway, to get around that question of why is this person not here or why is that person not there, and they've not ruled out, Bringing other characters in because obviously they've already had characters like Diggle and stuff with apparently established relationships. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting, especially with the current state of the shows and what they've been renewing, cancelling, agreeing to make, and everything like that. It seems like this show's just went, yeah, we're going to stand apart from those decisions that are going on at the moment.
0: The problem I had with. Them announcing it in this way was it's a very recent decision, and it's pretty clear it is if you have been trying to figure it out as the show began. And there's even little background things you can find out in interviews where it's definitely set up to be in the same universe. For example, when they were going to do a smaller scale crossover before Covid after Crisis, because they said we can't do another mini series again, we took it as far as we could take it, and we have to slow down a bit, and it was going to be a crossover with Batwoman Mm. in its first season. So they were going to do the same way they did in Flash and Arrow. It would be two episodes, one cast in one episode of the other show and the other cast and so on. So they would have done that. Also, there is a deleted scene apparently from the first episode where Lois has a picture of her and Kara on her desk or has a picture of Clark and Kara on her desk. There's was a picture that was deleted. I don't know if you can find the scene, but I think you can find a picture of the prop somewhere. So that was going to be another thing that they did. And then, as you've just mentioned, Diggle showed up and he was referencing things that we already knew about that had happened in other shows. He mentions the long-standing arc of the box. Yeah, the glowy box. That was so horribly resolved in the last episode of the most recent season of The Flash. If you want to hear me and Andrew tear it apart, listen to that podcast. We already did it. He talks about that and he mentions Oliver as well. So... Was there at least a green arrow in this universe at some point? You could kind of believe that Sam wouldn't see that on the same level, I suppose, because it's just a arrow-wielding vigilante. But it's also an arrow-wielding vigilante that eventually got to the point where his second-in-command was offered the chance to become a Green Lantern, maybe. So we've got two Diggles from two different universes that have the same problem that they seem to have resolved. And Diggle shows up at the end of the final episode for reasons of... I don't know why he was there. The role could have been done by anybody. Sam could have done that role. Sam could have turned up and told John that. We're going to send you after the guy that killed the other you from this earth. Okay. Does that mean Diggle's going to be more prominent next season? Probably not, because he's supposed to get his own show, isn't he? As if that's going to happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's supposed to be getting that. You've got the potential of Diggle being the new Sam, if Sam is still meant to be going into retirement land instead of your oversight being this part of the military your oversight is now going to be this part of Argus or a closer tie-in with Argus maybe you could have something like that I kind of agree with you they've not fully committed the fact that in the first episode they edited out green screened it out went and reshot whatever they did to the picture that was there and then that never appeared for the rest of the first season Suggesting to me that very early on they had decided do you know what we're maybe going to get away with not doing this and then if covid hadn't been a thing and they had been allowed to do their crossover or they'd managed to get away with their scaled down crossover maybe they would have included that picture because it's like yeah we can't get around it but the fact that that was cancelled probably gave them the way of well we can leave it a bit ambiguous the problem is that there was too much going on to leave it ambiguous. And then they put Diggle in, they put stuff like that in. Whether that was forced from the network, maybe? Maybe. That was a, oh, well, you've got to. We've got this contract and we've got this that's going on. So it's mandatory that there's some form of crossover or we're planning to do something. So that's why we've got all these different crossover things happening with Diggle. We've got to keep him in the frame so that people know he still exists and he's still doing stuff. He's still out there so that when he appears in his own show with his sexy squad then it'll make sense
0: the question is though is Diggle and the sexy squad now going to be set in the Superman and Lois universe or is it going to be set in the Arrowverse there is a lot of chat around the fact that the CW might just be trying to slowly kill off the Arrowverse so the Flash is the last one standing at the moment because Gotham Knights is going to be set in another universe it's not going to be set in the same universe because it can't because Batwoman is nowhere to be found, it would seem, in that show. And the premise is very similar to people picking up after Batman's not around and doing stuff that Batman would do. But Batman's not here. We don't know why. Well, in Gotham Knights, he's very definitively dead, supposedly. Whereas in Batwoman, it's, I don't know where he is. Disappeared five years ago. Where did he go? who knows
1: you could almost see them setting it somewhere completely separate itself yeah if they do the diggle program just to go right yeah we're just going to do them all in isolation and if at some point we decide we're going to mash a couple of these together then we've got the option because we've just used the same actor and if we keep it ambiguous enough about backstory then we can do it but it just peeves folk like us off that are trying to work out how things fit together and how backstories that we already know fit together we need to have
0: another crisis to smash all these universes together again
1: yeah after doing a whole job to smash all the worlds together they then break them apart it's a bit of a shame to see the thing just falling to pieces as a wind down rather than some of the shows getting an opportunity to wrap things up and to actually get a finale rather than just suddenly dropping out of recognition that seems a bit of a shame to me if
0: legends are ending you cowards
1: yeah exactly plus we want people plushies anyway carry on i'm not too sure the thing is that we've kind of seen this coming because you cannot do the two seasons that you've got and not answer the question of where the hell's everyone else yeah. we know that there's other people out there that could help in these situations that could be called upon and it's kind of the problem that the arrowverse has had of late especially when there were multiple shows running was that in every show they had to answer the question of why is no one else helping out with this because when you've got that decks, it's like oh well everyone's got their own problems but it's like yeah but this is like the 10th world ending event this year so it kind of seems that like it should be a whole hands on deck situation rather than a let's not bother everyone just now they've got their own stuff to deal with
0: for example in the flash when cicada was a villain what you do is barry and oliver swap villains because cicada cancels out this is a different podcast now but cicada cancels out barry's (laughs) powers oliver doesn't have powers so not a problem and i forget what season that was that oliver was dealing with but barry could wrap that up pretty quickly probably so yeah just have them swap villains. But again, you wouldn't have a show at that point, would you?
1: Exactly, but then that's their choice to put everything in the same bucket. Yeah. You've chosen to have this connected, so now you've got to deal with the consequences, the fact that everything is now connected. Yeah. You get it in the books and stuff as well, is the fact that, Okay, you've got to assume that all these heroes are all operating roughly in the same time frame. All these villains are all operating in the same time frame. End-of-the-world plots are crossing over with other (laughs) end-of-the-world plots. That whole thing is all there. So, setting out on its own is its own thing. Maybe it will spawn into other stuff. Like you say, maybe they will start connecting shows to the Superman and Lois-verse rather than the Arrowverse to do a form of reboot on it. But it sounds that a lot of stuff is splitting off. One possibility
0: is that Superman and Lois could be the springboard for Arrowverse 2.0.
1: Yeah, this could be the one that's kicking off everything else or is going to slowly loop into everything else that's going on.
0: It's just a shame that we spent however many years just investing in this big thing and then suddenly it's petered out, it's gone. They just unceremoniously cancelled every show except The Flash that was still running. Yeah,
1: especially when the... Pitch the show as being connected as well when this was originally out but maybe that's just a very clever marketing thing you don't say that it's a disconnected thing because you want your existing Arrowverse fans to adopt this show as if it's one of their own you don't tell it right away that it's not connected because then folk will go oh well I won't bother with that because I'm wanting to see what's happening over on the Arrowverse stuff and I'll catch up with the other show later this new one that they're kicking off
0: I mean it doesn't bother me that This isn't in the same universe. I do feel like it's a bit of a slap in the face in some ways. There are people out there that are very annoyed about it. As listeners will know, I'm never on Twitter. I never partake. But people have told me that people just went launching into it on Twitter about how disappointed they were. And the fact that teasing us for two years about this and there's suddenly, oh yeah, it's a different universe. Get lost. I don't think that's the sentiment behind it. But you can see why people would be annoyed, especially when we were led to believe that it's the same universe. But yeah, the end of the season, for example, that is something that... Barry
1: should be noticing. Why is there a cube sun and a cube earth in the sky? What's going on there? I better give Clark a shout and see if he needs a hand. The thing is, Clark has a cousin out there, a relation out there that he could go to and get advice from about different things that are going on and speak to. Not in this universe, though. Not in this universe, but in the Arrowverse would have. And by this point, after these two seasons or during these two seasons, you would expect a conversation to happen or at least a throwaway remark about that conversation happening. Even if you're not getting the actress on screen to star opposite and do all that, there's the conversation to have happened of, oh, by the way, I've told Kara about X, Y, Z. Do the instant messaging again. They're doing instant messaging again. They're texting in the same way that they did in the first season of Supergirl. Mentions of things like the DEO or whatnot. Anything like that. Okay, this is a thing. Aliens are a thing here or whatever. The fact that all of that has not existed in the show, kind of just went, ah, it's not in here, is it? It's not part of the Arrowverse. Like you say, there was these little nuggets, but the bigger stuff just wasn't there. The actual bigger connective tissue wasn't there. There was these little bits. And I don't know how it would have worked, even if at the end of the season they'd went, oh, hell, it is actually in the Arrowverse. I don't think people would have liked that either, because everyone would have been going, so how come this isn't, how come, how... uh, And especially with the way Lucy was in this season, for example, it plays against that. The bit of hand-wavium that they had was that certain things in the new mangled, mashed-up earth where they did the crisis left some stuff malleable to the, oh, this person's different and we're the only ones that remember how it was in past world. You just blame Crisis. You can blame Crisis on a lot of stuff. And Clark asked for John to mangle up his memory so that he could remember his kids and all that sort of stuff. So there's bits of hand-wavium that you could put in there from the writers to explain certain recasting, to explain certain characters being different. But, yeah, it was kind of inevitable. I can understand why people might feel a bit hurt by it. It almost feels like a cancellation of a show... Out of the Arrowverse, if you know what I mean. It's like a split, despite the fact we kind of saw the split coming. (laughs) But like you say, it leaves the Flash now standing... By itself, essentially, is one of these shows. Well they
0: even teased it in Crisis because they'd already announced they were making this show and it was gonna be about Superman raising twin sons and what have you. And then you had that bit where he was on the phone to Lois and she was like, You better come home, your sons need you and he's like, Sons? It's like, yeah, you got two of them now or whatever. And then he flies off. Oh god, that's new. What am I gonna do with that? That's the setup of Find Out How he will Handle That in his show next summer or whatever premiere. And then the show premieres and nobody seems confused about the fact that these two sons exist. They have complete memories of this world that they inhabit and yeah that was my headcanon that he probably went to jean and said i'm gonna need the memories of this earth thanks the other earth ain't much use to me at this point because i don't remember these children so i need to know what happened in the last 15 years with these kids because he only had a baby in crisis I think it was baby jonathan
1: yeah that makes sense a lot of the time it is just jonathan i'm a, a bit disappointed yes but did i kind of see this coming yes and i think we talked about it last season as well we were like yeah this isn't here there was the small glimmers but it's very difficult to try and excuse the fact that all these events are getting completely ignored. He's not asking for help from anyone else. He's not receiving offers of assistance from anyone else or anyone else turning up. Well there was a little logical errors that we had
0: as well. Not errors now, just deliberate. Clark being surprised that other Kryptonians were existed. It's well Argo cities out there. Mm. You can go visit your aunt whenever you want. That's what you were yeah. doing before. That was one thing that came up and it'd be things like yeah i suppose you could retool the dialogue in the final episode with sam saying well i contacted the league and they can't do anything because Kara's on mars or something she's not here we can't get in touch with her barry running's not going to do much here he can't run and separate two worlds until he can he probably can yeah if
1: ali got connected to the speed force she'd become too powerful Hand wave him.
0: We contacted Black Lightning and then realised he was useless, so we hung up and so on. They could
1: have went through all that. They could have went through the... Le- we think the legends are in prison, but we're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> the legends are still in time prison. I don't know how they could have got themselves out of it other than the way that they did. It's interesting that they had to wait until so late and they had to basically ask permission to split it out and go, listen, we're not going to do this.
0: The CW is in upheaval anyway because it's possibly getting sold off. And the fact that Gotham Knights has made it to air is bizarre to me. I can't imagine... How bad that show is going to be it's a really bad trailer you could have batman in this universe i suppose and therefore gotham knights could be in this universe the whole idea of superman's the only hero in this universe can be vague in the sense that sam doesn't consider batman a hero for example
1: yeah and it's very similar to if you think of how arrow began arrow went all places by the end with magical villains and superheroes and aliens and all that being a thing in the arrow verse but it started out with a guy that got trained on a bow and arrow it turns out batman was around the whole time it turns out batman was there the whole time doing his thing but gotham believed he was a myth for the majority of it however that works that's how the arrowverse started so potentially yeah this could be a way of doing 2.0 is going well yeah we'll let you do your own thing for now but we might be knocking on your door soon to drop in one of the characters that we're wanting to do for something else do we need them to be kicking it off again? Do we want to go down the whole thing? Do we want to go through this again? I mean, I would rather they just gave us our final seasons of Legends.
0: <laughs> I suppose if they do spin offs of other heroes and they make it stylistically more in line with Superman and Lois, it might be more interesting to look at. I would quite like to see a Flash show with... Maybe not a Flash show, just an appearance of the Flash or a Flash in this show with the stylistic approach they take in this show. That might be pretty cool. Yeah.
1: I think if you're going to do a reboot of sorts a half reboot then if they've got a reason to revisit these characters and do it differently or a take on how they're going to do it then maybe i like my superhero content i watch all these odd different bits and pieces am i quite ready to see them go oh by the way we're going to introduce green arrow and stuff right now probably not am i expecting that next season no i feel like you have to give us different characters i would like to see them picking other characters from that toy box obviously superman and lois plays heavily into having a Kara appear at some point or anyone from the superman lexicon apart from lex who's not allowed he's banned he's not <laughs> allowed to appear in this show lex Luthor is banned
0: what well, could be a very different lex there was a lex Luthor in this universe he has been mentioned
1: He's banned. <laughs> I've had enough of Lex Luthor. Please don't get me Lex Luthor. I
0: think they will at some point. Don't you dare. Well, next season's going to be Bruno Mannheim, the boss of Gang, in some way. So that's a big deal in the comics. Superman versus a gang?
1: What's that going to be like? It's going to be interesting. We saw through Supergirl, all the different aspects that they could put in front of the characters. Kryptonite bullets, that's the answer. That's what's going to happen. It's always kryptonite bullets, yeah. That was last season. He dispensed with kryptonite bullets pretty quickly in the last yeah, season. Yeah, but not
0: intergangs, kryptonite
1: bullets. Not intergangs, kryptonite bullets. They have special kryptonite bullets.
0: So I guess we'll see how it shakes out. I don't know if there'll be in a rush to link it to anything, but Arrowverse 2.0 I don't have the strength to watch them build another one (laughs) (laughs) we already had one, it was fine let's
1: (laughs) keep that it had a good run, we've talked about this before on one of the news pod Arrowverse had a good run, done its thing it's just a shame to see it getting a bit of a loose end rather than a nice finale type thing and I I wish they didn't just dispense of shows, at least give them half seasons to finish off or something rather than just oh yeah, yeah, that's just finished, that's done
0: Brutal. Just brutal. I think we should finish off in highlights for the season. What highlights for the season do you have? I have a couple in mind of... I really like the mirroring of the Bizarro-Clark escape thing. The fight where they were both depowered under different lighting. Mm. And it was shot going in the opposite direction depending who it was. That was really cool. So you had Bizarro fighting under the normal lighting. And then you have Clark fighting under the red lighting. And they were both depowered at the time. And I also liked that Clark isn't useless when he doesn't have his powers. He still knows how to defend himself. That was a nice touch. And then you had when it showed Bizarro coming across to our world, when you saw the flashback of that, I thought the song they played over that montage of stuff was really good.
1: That is true, actually. That was pretty neatly done.
0: So I liked that. That was a couple of cool
1: sets of sequences. Some of the Bizarro
0: Superman fights were really good. I actually liked the way they reversed the music for Bizarro as well. I don't know if they directly reversed any familiar music, but just that weird discordant, disjointed sound
1: that would accompany them. That was cool. that was neatly done. I'm just trying to think of any highlights and off the top of my head, I've not actually written any down.
0: (laughs) One of my favourite episodes was the World Without Superman episode. 30 Days and 30 Nights, it was called, where he was gone for a month. Because you you saw the rapidly losing hope thing and people trying to maintain hope. I've always found it interesting about superheroes, about a world becoming dependent on them. It's less of a problem with someone like Green Arrow because he just protects one city. Or Batman, again, protecting one city. There's only so much they can do. But someone like Superman, you might expect every disaster for him to appear and then if he doesn't you're like where is he why didn't he appear at this and you saw those reports of look at all these preventable things where the hell is superman it sets up an idea that the world is maybe a bit too dependent on him and again that's a thing you can explore around the whole where does superman draw the line at what point does he not get involved because at what point is he halting progress because a lot of human progress has been about trying to avert disasters. I remember I was thinking about it, remember when you had those miners trapped in a mine many years ago? Or even the Russian sub that was, I do enough things they've done in this show, but the Russian sub that was stuck underwater and they had to figure out a way to rescue it. Those two things prompted some really quick innovation on the part of the people that were trying to solve the problem. In the case of getting the miners out of the mine, new technology was invented practically on the spot, but if Superman existed that would never happen. What happens if Superman suddenly not there. Do we suddenly lose the ability to protect ourselves as a society, as a people? It's an interesting problem. And there's something they picked up in Smallville, actually. One of the last episodes, Lois ended up with his powers for reasons. And she was listening to all the calls for help in the area. And Clark was teaching her how to prioritise it. So there's a house fire. It's like there's a firehouse a few blocks from there. Move on. The whole, here's the things we can do in order of urgency and here's the things that will probably be okay. I quite like the idea of Superman not getting involved in absolutely everything because there's definitely things that people can help with. But that's not what the episode was getting at. The episode was getting at this world is screwed without Superman because they've become dependent on him doing everything and solving everything, I guess.
1: Yeah, and it was an interesting little montage because it was like, this is how much he works, and it showed John Henry having to run about and try and fill in certain things. We spoke earlier on about how Superman is dealing with one town. There's a certain level which is a Superman-level threat. It requires his assistance. It's not necessarily every house fire or every cat stuck up a tree or whatnot that he needs to go and do sure he might help with some of those things if he happens to be in the neighborhood because you see i'm rescuing one person from in front of a car that's about to run them down or whatnot you'll see little shots like that and that is one life saved as opposed to stopping a train derailing or falling off a bridge or a oil pipeline that's about to explode and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's an interesting aspect of what would you do if superman wasn't there like, does he need to let certain things happen in order for them to not rely as much or not to expect that he's always going to be available to assist?
0: Yeah, you have to imagine he's not listening for everybody that steps out in the traffic without looking. Because you'd never have any time at yourself. He would be Superman all the time. He'd always be flying about doing stuff. There's always something horrible happening somewhere.
1: Yeah. So what does that do to a person when you listen to all these cries for help, but you can't actually assist everyone what is that like i mean that's probably a deeper conversation for maybe something else
0: yeah because they've established that you can hear absolutely everything in the world in real time in this show. Oh, I can hear a bridge collapse I'll be back in a minute. That kind of stuff, you saw that last season and he disappears off to go and do different things. I guess he has a line that he draws somewhere because he would have to because there's only one of them, but I don't know. It's not something they really play with. But the idea of people feeling a bit hopeless when Superman's not around and they transpose that a bit to people feeling a bit hopeless when Clark's not around as well. The people that know him, they seem a bit more Morbid, I suppose. Apparently he's a very effervescent presence in people's lives, I guess. What did you think of the Bizarro World episode? I'm attacking a very specific point you raised when you first saw the
1: episode. <laughs> That's true. I did raise that. I found the reverse speak very annoying at the beginning of that episode. I just thought it went on for far too long. I found it a bit heady inducing I'm never a fan, really, of evil universe people, alt-world people, stuff that we've talked about before i thought they did all right at kind of setting up it's very odd to have. oh yeah stuff square now (laughs) all your ovals are cubes (laughs) that's that's the way this is working now
0: including pool balls
1: yes spheres are cubes including pool balls because that makes sense (laughs) they never invented orbs in this world at all
0: despite the fact we invented cubes in ours
1: yeah we got to the cube and then we we're like well this is perfect there's no way we can improve on this
0: the cars presumably
1: had rounded wheels presumably circular
0: wheels rather than square wheels i forgot to look for that actually i wonder if you do just see them as square
1: they probably wimped out by just not showing any cars from below the tire line yeah
0: because bizarro superman and his family they were in a limo let's find
1: out was that the point that you were wanting me to find me or did you have something
0: else yeah, i just wanted you to bring up the whole cubed pool balls because you had a major problem with it whereas I just dismissed it as yeah that was funny and then that was it the production design on Bizarro World was amazing
1: I thought it was really really impressive for the turnaround time that they must have because they were reusing a lot of sets from the show so having to do that strip down, change it to Bizarro World then flip it back round again I thought was really neat and trying to make it look the same but distinct I just didn't quite get cubes (laughs) (laughs)
0: I do wonder if the red lighting was done in post Or whether they did
1: it in camera I think there was maybe a combination of both It was one of those ones you're setting in a world Where it's all slightly distorted and stuff But then it just doesn't look very engaging Especially when they've done such a good job On Superman and Lois of the camera work And how everything looks to then put it in a world Where it's all through a bit of a weird filter For an entire episode Okay this is a bit much (laughs) I've just looked, it is rounded wheels That's really disappointing (laughs) (laughs) production team slipped up with a round wheel i
0: can't believe i never thought about that at the time but it's been confirmed
1: they were fine with the round wheels
0: but they didn't decide to apply that to anything else in their universe for some reason
1: yeah spherical pool balls were just too much any
0: other highlights you can think of in terms of action or set piece stuff we've talked a lot about character stuff so i think we covered any highlights we might have had there but in terms of set piece stuff across the
1: season I think I've probably covered it. I can't think I'm too hot. I'm melting. <laughs>
0: okay, no worries. I think I've listed some of the set piece stuff anyway that was pretty good. Oh, there is one that I definitely should mention where Clark was teaching Jordan how to fly. That was a
1: really uplifting and exciting moment. Oh, well, that was a nice scene. See, there you go. You're good at this stuff. You should podcast more often.
0: No, I podcast often enough, thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was a very good scene did enjoy that the little insight into how long he had spent out there in the wilderness teaching himself how to fly and using those canyons Jordan not getting a Star Wars reference annoyed me (laughs) apart
0: from that it was all good maybe he only seen the prequels Or even worse, the sequels. Doesn't bear thinking about, does it? It's very rare you see Clark with a proper, visibly strong emotional reaction to something. They were like jumping up and down after Jordan flew and they were both so excited. That was a really infectious moment. I really
1: liked that. It was a great moment. I liked the fact that he still hadn't perfected his landing when he got back to the farm. He's not going to land. He's not going to (laughs) land. So he just face planted into the ground when he got back.
0: There seems to be a bit of a rapid escalation in Jordan's powers, though, because remember last season it was, yeah, that was probably just a one-off. He's probably not going to have any more powers after this. And then suddenly it was, okay, now he has powers. And now it's he's flying and everything. He can do everything Superman can now. It's just what he can do now. It's gone from, it probably won't be much, to, yeah, now it's everything, without really explaining it. But I guess it's just the growth of it. The Jor-El hologram was wrong. I think that's all we can take from that.
1: Yeah. It was an estimate based on limited data at the time. Exactly,
0: yeah. So any final thoughts on Superman and Lois season two and are you looking forward to season three?
1: I am still looking forward to season three. I didn't think season two was as good as season one, but I did enjoy it overall. I did continue watching it. I've not ditched it, so I'm looking forward to season three. I'm interested to see what they do with everything they've set up so far.
0: Yeah, same. I'm looking forward to season three as well. I like this cast. I like this collection of characters. I broadly like what they do with them and how they structure their stories. I think this season possibly bit off a bit more than it could chew. Tried to do too much and didn't end up doing all of it that well. It seemed a bit more unfocused than season one, which often happens with a second season. We had a really good idea last season. We don't know what to do now that we've got another one. They gave some things a go, maybe they should have focused on one thing, maybe they should have connected things in different ways, I don't know. But all in all, pretty good. It's still top-tier superhero television as far as I'm concerned, and it's going to keep me coming back to watch more of it, even though it's not in my favourite shared universe, or one of my favourite shared universes. <laughs> that doesn't really bother me. And now that that's out there, it's not going to be something that's really going to be bought about anymore, because we know the answer, so it doesn't really impact anything anymore so that's fine i suppose that was our discussion on superman and lois season two i'd like to thank neil stenson for the supplied music and isaac for the supplied artwork chris i'd obviously like to thank you for showing up for this podcast you are welcome if you like what you heard here then please do mash that subscribe button it might be square might be spherical whatever shape it is press it. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. And there is usually a facility to rate and possibly comment. And if there is a facility to rate, it will probably be in star form. So, Chris, how many stars should people mash?
1: Five cubed stars.
0: Five cubed stars. What is that even? Who knows? But if it's there, press it and it will be great. If you want to discuss Superman and Lewis, the Arrowverse, the not Arrowverse, Anything, really. You can hit us up on Facebook and Twitter under Neil Before Blog, or you can leave a comment on NeilBeforeBlog.co.uk. And as always, we hope you'll join us on the next Neil Before Pods.